<laughs> All right, let's just do this. Okay, so welcome everybody to the latest. <laughs> it's so funny. So welcome everybody to the latest um, episode of Infosec Whiskey. Um, I am Ushi, and with me I have everybody's favorite social engineer, um, Tinker Sec. Welcome. Cheers, Ushi. I Thank- feel welcome. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> <laughs> the people who are, you know, so guys, oh my gosh, we, I had a total like podcast fail. Um, Tinker and I have been talking for an hour. It's, it's been a lovely conversation. <laughs> it has been one of the most amazing conversations, honestly. And I had to like do a very quick stop, 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 stop in the middle of Tinker's conversation to be like, Holy shit, I didn't hit record. <laughs> oh my gosh. Again, uh, like, and I. With you. I'm, I'm quite happy. I didn't realize we were doing a podcast. So the fact that you didn't hit record, that. You're so you know, amazing. No, no, no skin off my teeth. You're but, uh, so yeah, amazing. You're people. right. Like, I'm, I'm almost kind of excited. Like, okay, well, we get to start this shit over again. Absolutely. Because um, you, oh my gosh, I feel like we're old friends now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's my point. Like, yeah, now we have history. <laughs> yeah, like when you, when you share like your dumb shit that you do with somebody and they don't go, you're a dumbass. And they kind of <laughs> giggle and go, yep, I've done dumb shit too um it really it, we're bonded now forever you're gonna be like you remember there was a series of of shared failures it really is honestly right like i think and i mentioned this earlier to you i think that like people you have like one of two ways that you can look at life you can either look at life from like a positive aspect or a negative mm. aspect right and so right. like i always look at life when the bumps come along my way I look at it as it's an adventure and I ride it like a roller coaster. So mm-hmm. like this, this has just been a really wild roller coaster. <laughs> so I'm excited that you ha- are, are down and we're going to, we're going to do this again. I'm kind of glad we didn't reschedule because I think the energy is, is just, is really good right now. Absolutely. Well, I'm ready. So, well, so, so I had poured, uh, and I imagine we'll get into the whiskey that we're drinking. Yes. Uh, we need to go through that again. But, but I've I've already finished uh, my first pour. So since you said, well, we got to hit record and do this all over again, I poured myself another pour. Such a so, bummer, uh, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, at this point, we're we're gonna get a real good conversation. <laughs> we are gonna get the best. So I do want to kind of go over the history because I think this is such a cool Please. whiskey. And <clears throat> so for those who didn't catch it before, um, Tinker and I are sharing a bottle, virtually of course, of Larceny Whiskey. And it is mm-hmm. a Kentucky Street Bourbon Whiskey. And what I thought was, so I, you know, I kind of mentioned before, like, I have this, this, you know, want to match the bourbon with, or not bourbon necessarily, but the whiskey with the guy, right? So, um, so for you, of course, I mean, Anybody who has ever, like, heard of Tinkersec knows that you, like, like when you, exp- if, if I were to explain you to somebody, and I, and we probably should ask you how you would explain yourself, but, like, when I explain somebody who's not in InfoSec, like, when 
I had a I had a group of friends that I was hanging out with the other day and I was saying, yeah, I've got this podcast coming up and I get to record with this guy and like, you know, nobody who's on Twitter or is in InfoSec has, has heard of you. And so like I say, th- like you don't understand, like he breaks into shit for a living. <laughs> like that's what he does, right? So, which is honestly probably one of the coolest jobs ever. But so, of course, what whiskey do you drink with the guy who breaks into shit for a living? And when I heard you on Thinker's podcast um, a while back, um, you know, you made a comment about that you like to. Now, you say that it's jack shit for a living. I think you said you like to steal shit for a living. We're gonna con- we're gonna concede that it's the same thing, yes. Yes, yes. Indeed. So, of I, course, what are you gonna get for the guy who likes to, you know, steal stuff? You get you get larceny whiskey. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I think I had had. Uh, so you mentioned wanting to drink larceny, and and, and I went out to uh, to uh, my local uh, uh, liquor store and. and and got a bottle of this and i i believe i've had a drink of it in the past because it, it you know it is one of those it's like judge a bottle by its cover kind of thing yeah uh, uh and uh so so uh, uh i think i have had it before but i, I didn't remember it and you know uh, what i judge bourbon by or not whiskey in general i judge yeah. it by its cork really i'm gonna pull out the cork right isn't now. that weird like so if it's real cork do that one yeah. more time. I love that song. I'm going to do it too. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody, let's, let's be quiet and we'll listen to this. Real yeah. <laughs> Did we do that at the same time? Yeah, we can. We, mm. we can do some ASMR. Uh, Hashtag twinning. But like, so when you look at that cork, right? Like that's real yeah. cork. Yep. Right? It it's, is a real cork. It's not fake cork. Uh-huh. Like that plastic crap that you get in some yeah. stuff. So, like, I do. I feel like when I pull the cork out of a bottle of whiskey, I feel like that cork represents <laughs> what I'm about to drink. Right. No, that's absolutely right. I, 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 I have a, I have a standard of what I judge whiskey off of, and it's whether it's in a plastic bottle or not. I, I, uh, I'm highfalutin, so I prefer a, a glass. We right? call it bougie now. <laughs> no, so, so this one, uh. You know, you, you mentioned larceny. It's it's not, you know, it's not terribly expensive. Mine was, I don't know, mid twenties to like thirty dollars. You mentioned yeah. you got yours on sale for about twenty nine dollars. Yeah, twenty nine ninety five. Yeah, very 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 reasonable. <clears throat> uh, uh, so so looking at the bottle, it's got a uh, a black you know label around the neck with a uh, white skeleton key kind of uh facing downwards uh, in front of it it says larceny 1870 kentucky straight bourbon whiskey very special small batch 92 proof uh so it's 46 percent alcohol by volume um and uh uh, what i found interesting you mentioned this was so at, at the very front of the label is a keyhole and it's clear yes in the label and, and you pointed this out to me. When you look through the keyhole, you see a, a black skeleton key in yeah. the back label. So, so you flip it around. The back label has has all the things that a back label would have. But because it, you know it, it's it's an opaque liquid, you can see through the liquid and uh, uh, see the uh, the black skeleton key in it. If you look to the side, you kind of see kind of a, like the shadows, a, the shadows, the little light gray, whatnot. But I thought that was a wonderful touch. It's like you're, it you're really- kind of. And I think, honestly, like, so my bottle is probably a little less than yours. But, like, when I look through it, like, so you, 
it, it the the effect is best right mm-hmm. off the bat because like yes. with the with the that amber colored you know whiskey it just it's yeah that's such an amazing little I I, I yeah. it really does give you the idea that that you're getting into something you shouldn't yet yacht and and yeah. I like it yeah. right it is it's a little naughty I do like it so <laughs> it I'm gonna I, I'm gonna so I did this before I'm gonna do it again so like okay. I just I love the history behind this particular whiskey. Okay. So <clears throat> on the back label, it tells us that John E. Fitzgerald's weakness was fine bourbon and he faced temptation every day. He was a treasury agent with the only set of keys to the Rick houses. Is that not like given the, what's the term? The, um, damn it. You know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on because I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Um, taking so he had the only set of keys to the Rick houses. Taking from barrels was easy, but he didn't just take from any barrel. He took from the best barrels. Some say he was a thief. Others say he, that he was just a great a man of great taste, which I love. Right? Like, and the, and they say this is the legend of larceny. And what's cool is my so everybody who knows like whiskey has mm-hmm. heard of Pappy Van Winkle, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, you know, if, if you can get a bottle of Pappy, you're like going to have friends for life. So what's cool is when I was doing the research on this whiskey, um, and I found out that Mr. Fitzgerald sold his distillery back in 1870, I think it was 1870, um, to Pappy Van Winkle during the prohibition and I just think that's super cool that we've got this, you know, we got this dude who was like, I, I got the keys to the kingdom mm-hmm. and uh, he was grabbing, you know, the best of the best and um, ended up creating a distillery, making stuff and then ended up selling it off during Prohibition. That's just, it's super interesting. So we, we, we've got a couple things going on here. Bo- both of us are now rather tipsy, so our dates <laughs> are going to be heavily off. Uh, and and we're, dis- we're discussing history uh, uh, by way of marketing and by way of, uh, of, of, of fuzzy numbers. Yes. Uh, and I, I think did that's I, perfect. Did uh, I get know, the numbers wrong? Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, so I, I have the benefit of, uh, of uh, Wikipedia here. Let's see. Prohibition. <laughs> The Googles are good yeah, for me. The, the, the Googles, you know. Uh, and so, uh, let's see, Prohibition. What's, oh, 1880s. Yeah, no, the, so, yeah, so very specifically, yeah. this was the 20s, right? Uh, the 1920s. Uh, we're coming in, this is 100 years ago oh. proper, because we're now in the 2020s. Oh, the movie. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, so, so the 18th Amendment was ratified in 1919. I know this, because I'm reading it right now, and repealed <laughs> uh, uh, in 1933. So the 20s, the roaring 20s. I just got uh, schooled. No, that, that's all right, but, no, but no. Here, here's a fun thing, because, you know, uh, a part of a good story are the lies. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, I, you know what? If uh, you didn't call me out, people would have believed me. I, I still believe you. It I doesn't could, matter. It's right. I could be a so, social engineer. So prohibition, you know, again, I know this because I'm reading the temperance movement uh, <laughs> under uh, Wikipedia. You know, it did start in the 1870s and kind of uh, was finally ratified uh, by law in the 1920s. But what I found was interesting, and I, I want to kind of point this out. You know, I love, I love the stories of Robin Hood. Yes. I love the stories of, of you know, the, the common folk, uh, 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 you know, 
changing the power dynamic yes. uh, 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 for their benefit. So, so you know, what's the difference between satire and bullying? Satire is is is, is the folk punching up. They're punching up power, and the whole point of satire is, is to show, hey, power, you don't control everything. We're, we're able to, you know, we're able to live our own lives and see things as they truly are. Uh, you know, you're making fun of power, and that's a good thing. Uh, but when when someone in power uh, whether it be you know at the state level or even in, in the individual and small group dynamic level, when someone in power punches down and and, and takes their power and and lords it over someone else, I use lord in a very specific uh, uh, in a very specific way. Yeah. Uh, th- that's just bullying. Yes, you know you, you're so so. Here's an interesting thing. You know, it's one thing the the folks that were in the Rick houses making the whiskey. Uh, um, you know, these were folks who were defying the law and, and who were still making a living and uh, carrying on the traditions of their families, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, but here is a person who is in power. He's a treasury agent. He is, he is an official of the United States government who has forbidden uh, the, the making of distilled spirits. And he's going through and what, what his job calls for him to do is to, to arrest folks and to destroy the rickhouses, to destroy the barrels in order to preserve the law. <clears throat> and, and in that sense, you know, the sense of order and law, that is the goodness. But here's a man that is not, he's using his power not to uphold the law, but to take for himself. Yeah. So not only is he using his power to break the law, which is his, his purpose and, 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 you know, his office, but he's also taking the folks that he has power over and stealing from them. This isn't so much larceny in the sense of Robin Hood. This is the sense of stealing from the people. This is corruption. Yeah. In its original sense. And, 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 and for me, I can't celebrate that history. I would give a, uh, uh, we'll talk about how larceny tastes here in a moment, but uh, uh, I'll lift my glass and say, fuck you, John E. Fitzgerald, and your weakness from stealing from the people. And, and in an act of cowardness, in an act of hypocrisy, Agreed. you said that what they did was wrong, but then you went along with it yourself and stole from them and enjoyed it. So, and uh, used it for your own good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's to that asshole. But that being said, <laughs> I don't want to. That knock being it. said, it's kind of some good shit. <clears throat> well, I, like, I will ask: uh, uh, Have you, uh, you know, since since you have kind of a, a different whiskey each time, has Larceny paid you for? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I, so, I, I, I don't want to step on you. If they yeah, have. no, no, no. <laughs> I haven't been paid by anyone. Okay. <laughs> my very my my popular hashtag on Twitter is send bourbon. Um, nobody, however, has taken me up on that. Well, oh, well. I, you know what? I take that back. My hacker secret Santa hooked me up with some shit. But, oh, um, well, hey, happy chance. Seriously. He actually, this is funny. So my, uh, my hack is my hacker secret Santa from my own mm-hmm. little DM group, um, sent me a box and it had, among other things, he sent me some little hacker tools that were fun. But he sent me, um, he sent me a little box that had six different small little bottles, and um, they each had oh, like wonderful. different. It, they each had different little memes on them, and I didn't get it at first. Hmm. And um, he had put in there a card that had a Twitter at, and the um, the Twitter account was um, in relation to our DM group, and then uh-huh. like secret, like it said something S clause. 
And um, so when I went to that Twitter account, it was a brand new Twitter account that he had created, and it said, I'm going to upload the... Um, essentially the uh the key to understand which whiskey is in which bottle on christmas morning at 3 a.m and so at i i was totally sleeping at 3 a.m but like the next day when i got up and i went to it he had uploaded all the different whiskeys that he had sent me and so there was six different whiskeys um yeah like one was blanton's um my honest to god my favorite one that he sent me and it's funny because I've been very scared of rye. The first rye really? that I had tasted like soap oh, and no, I was no, like, no, "Oh no. no." But so he sent me um he sent what, me was it, was it bullet rye? No, it wasn't. Okay. It was a it was an it was a weird name and I don't remember it. But Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, so he sent me um Basil Hayden's 2x2 two two rye. Okay, yeah. I can't, have not found it again because I would buy a case Sure. Um, but that was some really good stuff. But yeah, yeah. so um, it's just kind of a funny side note. But yeah, so yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so so yeah, so the um, I gotta I have to like actually I want to point out because I want to make sure that we're totally factually correct. So part of I think larceny's history is actually kind of some lore, some truth. Oh, no, so, it's like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, right? So the um, so according and their their website for people who are listening, like I totally recommend checking it out. If you go to larcenybourbon.com, like first off, oh, you asked me if they were paying me. Hell no, nobody yeah. pays me. Um, but if anybody wants to send me bourbon or any type of whiskey from any type of place, if they want to send me to a place, I, I I'm down. Um, but yeah, so this is actually very cool. LarcenyBourbon.com. They make you actually give your birth date before they'll allow you to, to log in, which is, I think, kind of uh -huh. cool. And um, But it basically says the they discuss John E. Fitzgerald and the, what they call the old Fitzgerald brand. And it says, mm -hmm. according to the lore... Um, he built a distillery on the banks of the Kentucky River back in the 1870s okay. and sold his okay. bourbon to rail line steamships and private clubs. So <laughs> essentially he was taking, you know, like you said, like he was, he was taking things and then using it for his own, you know, profit. And um, it was for the, the old Fitzgerald brand was actually first registered in the 1880s by okay. S.C. Herbst. And, mm -hmm. um, and then that was eventually sold to Julian Pappy Van Winkle gotcha. during the prohibition. So that's where Quite kind of dates came out of whack, but yeah. So, <laughs> um, and then he moved the production over to his distillery where it became the first weeded bourbon and, oh. um, and yeah, like, I think it's, it's a very interesting, I love things that have history. <clears throat> yep. I'm a huge like American history buff. I love, I love yeah. that. So even though Mr. Fitzgerald was doing some shady ass shit, <laughs> I kind oh, of like, no. I kind of like where it went from there. Right. Yeah. So well, let's, um, let's talk about yeah. the, let's talk about the whiskey. Yeah. Uh, so, so we, we've already done the, uh, the ASMR, uh, Park uh, pop. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Um, uh, yeah. So, so I, I've, I'm now on my second finger since we we've already done this and, and kind of talked about it. But um, you keep bringing it up. 
<laughs> no, no, I, 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 I no, I mean, I'm going to keep bringing it up because this I, we get to look at it again. It is. Um, okay, so, so I, I've poured a little bit and kind of looking at the the color. If we can do a little bit of a yeah, let's do this description. So, uh, you're pouring. You're looking at yourself. I'm looking at you as well. I am. Um, I've got a picture of you up uh, from your Twitter account, so I'm holding the glass as if you could see it. So, I can. So my, my, my apologize. Uh, you're wearing a uh, a black cap with a smiley face and a patch on it. Um, <laughs> You've got my B sides, um, my my B sides hacker picture up. Is that what that is? I, I see yeah. the uh, uh, your bike in the background. It's uh, actually not mine. It's one of our um, one of our other um, uh, hosts, Rogue okay. at, at System Rogue. But yes, yes, that so is you, my. You stole a bicycle, then? Okay, so <laughs> I, I've got you up on my screen right here, and, and I'm, I'm showing this to you. Hashtag um, larceny. <laughs> so I, I've got kind of a, a nice, rich kind of uh, amber color. Um, Agreed. So the the website calls it bright new copper. Okay, I, Which, I, I don't know if I'd call it copper myself. I don't like the idea of. I feel like copper. But, but, if if copper were were a liquid, I feel like it would be like neonish. Yeah, so I'm I, with I mean, you. Yeah, if, if you can look at the copper, it's fine. I, <laughs> I uh, copper to me brings a taste, if you will. So, ah, yes. uh, uh, I like a lot of copper pipes. Don't ask, but um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So copper, like an amber taste. Amber, uh, I agree. Yeah, um, swishing it around, kind of swirling it in my glass. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm looking at the viscosity here, right? So a lot of things, whenever you know it, it splashes up on the side of the glass and it, and it runs down, you kind of can see the oiliness, the viscosity, if you will. Let's you know how thick it is. Um, this right here seems fairly thin, like a light viscosity, like a closer to to water than molasses on the, on the brackets, right? Yes. Um, what are you seeing on your end? I see the same thing. Like I'm, it's interesting. I think because I've honestly never really paid much attention until you mentioned the viscosity, mm -hmm. and I see it running down. Yeah. And um, I do like I see the streams of bourbon running down my glass, which I think is very interesting. So, with that, we have the idea of what it looks like. Right. Um, next, in, in, in tasting, I, I like to smell it, but. You have a story of, of. <laughs> so yeah, so so yeah, guys. So let me tell you, I've already I've already shared this with Tinker the first time, and let me relive my horror for a second time. So before the podcast, you know, <clears throat> any good podcast host <laughs> hits the fucking record button, but I digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, you want to you want to do a little you want to do a little bit of background, and so because of course we had picked larceny, I wanted to look up you know the the tasting notes, and even though honestly, like, and I love you guys, you ask me for my my whiskey um, suggestions all the time, my recommendations, and you ask me what I think of different things, and I love it, and I and I, I made a joke one time on one of my tweets that. Um, you know, on the regular Twitter side of things, girls get, you know, the D picks. I get bourbon picks in my DMs and I absolutely adore it. Um, it yes. People who don't want to, who, and I get that I get tagged in like in alcohol picks and then I get them in my DMs and a hundred percent. I love it. I think it's great. Um, it, it gives me, you know, I get to connect with people, but anyways, so 
I am researching this Larceny whiskey. Um, this is a, a new whiskey for me. I just knew the, I had seen it, knew the name. Of course, it's obviously, it has Tinker written all over it. And so the aroma, <clears throat> according to the website, is fresh bread. Who doesn't love fresh bread? And toffee with a note of butterscotch. So I like all of those things. And I'm, I'm, smelling it. I'm trying to sniff it and get that good whiff of, you know, the aroma into my nose. And I'm noticing that <clears throat> I'm not quite getting enough aroma. So I'm trying to like stick my nose further down in the glass. Let me, let me really get a good smell. And I tip the glass mm, and okay. essentially it became bourbon cocaine. Yes, get it. And I inhaled it through my nostrils. Not just get one, it. but both. Like, and I got a good old, and like, yeah. all of a sudden, the bourbon is, is inside the nostrils, burning the crap out of my nose. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, School I, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to make a full assumption, but that's almost <laughs> like, like a person who, who learned about alcohol through wine. Um. <laughs> Uh, wine, you do you do similar things. You're looking at color, you're looking at viscosity, and when you when you smell wine before before, there, there's no wrong way to drink a whiskey. There's no wrong way to drink wine. Even amen. Uh, uh, you know you can you can put as much ice water. You can mix it with Coke. Even top top shelf whiskey with Coke. Don't let me see it. You know, yeah, please uh, don't tell heart, us. My heart, but but I you agree. can. It's, it's your whiskey. Do as you like. Agreed. Um, but 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 there's kind of a proper way of tasting and being introduced to a whiskey yes. if you wanted to, to walk down that path. Otherwise, it's just pour yourself a drink and go to town. Absolutely. Um, but tell us. But but yes. Uh, so so if, if I may, um, <laughs> with wine, you, you get that wine glass and, and you swirl it around. That lets you look at the viscosity, look at, but it also fills the wine glass with uh, with the smell. That that's that's why you you don't pour a four you don't pour a full wine glass, and, and you're able to stick your nose deep inside of that and just breathe deeply. That's fine for wines. Heck, it's even fine for beers if you want to. Uh, but with distilled spirits, uh, with with um, you know with, with whiskeys and bourbons, rye, scotch, uh, uh, Irish, Canadian, whatever, um, uh, that alcohol coming off of the um, of the spirit that's going to hit you like a ton of bricks if you if you, if you try to smell it <laughs> yeah. through your nose. And the fact that you then snorted the actual liquid, I mean, I, I'd be on the ground, you know, screaming like my four year old, uh, not getting his way kind of thing, right? you know, blood coming out of my tear ducts. Um, I, so, I did um, kind of spit it out of my nose. It was... Wow! Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. There's an image right there. There's a um, reason that we didn't do video. <laughs> <laughs> we, next time we will. Um, so so what, what what's recommended in smelling a whiskey is instead of trying to smell it through your nose, right. what you do is, is breathe it in through your mouth and then out through your nose. And what that does is let, it, it lets your mouth and your lungs kind of filter out the alcohol. And then you can smell the notes beforehand without the alcohol either being too strong or proper burning your nostril. Yeah. Um, uh, so so with that in mind, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm bringing my glass up. Let's do it. Uh, and, I'm doing and I'm it too. I'm making a big mouth. I'm with you. Big right, mouth. breathing in through the mouth and out through the nose. Describe big mouth to me. As large as you can open your mouth without hurting your your jaw hinge. I feel like an idiot over here. 
Nobody's watching you. I've, this is on radio. I've it's got okay. I've got my mouth open wide like I'm There you have it. Know. There's the picture you're painting. Perfect. <laughs> okay. What do you smell? I feel like I smell the toffee. Uh-huh. I don't know that I I'm with the fresh bread. I like fresh bread, but I, don't, I may I do feel like I I do smell the, the the butterscotch. So there there's two types of of tasting notes, and it should be known that that there is no butterscotch in there. You know, there there, there is no right. honey. Some some it's bourbons will make honey in it, right? You know, or or whatever. This, as far as I know, this is not a mixed bourbon. This is just you know straight bourbon. Um. And so understand that there's two types of, of tasting notes in my experience. Uh, 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 one is the tasting notes that you make for yourself. So when you drink different uh, drinks, you, you write down, hey, this reminds me of, of honey. This reminds me of, of, you know, sawdust, right? You know, mm-hmm. it reminds me of all these things. And, and that's for your own sake so that when you drink other things, you can compare it off the front. You go back and taste some of the earlier stuff now that you have a better you know, context of everything, but that's so that you know what you like and you can read it and remember. Yeah. Those are, those are real tasting notes because, and, and it's for you, you write it for yourself. If you read someone else's tasting notes, it's not going to have anything to do with yours because again, you're not actually tasting sawdust. You're not tasting uh, uh, maple, you're tasting, you know, a bourbon, but that's the, the close context that your yeah. brain has for it. So it's the other type totally of subjective. Tasting, yeah. The, the other type of tasting notes is marketing lies. Tell me Period. Why. And that's whatever that's whatever they put out themselves in order to get you to come buy their whiskey the first time. That seems and that's like some social third. engineering shit right there. It, well, there's the <laughs> only difference between marketing and social engineering is jack shit. It's the exact <laughs> same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're you know they're they're uh, uh, they're like, oh yes, you know, oh the toffee, you know, oh the fresh yes. smelled bread. Yeah, that's fine. So, so I'm what I like is 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 what does it remind you, regardless of the tasting. Tasting notes okay. for me is almost like watching a heavily detailed trailer. You know, it's a yeah. if if it's accurate, it's going to have spoilers. If it's not accurate, it's going to give me a false. Okay. Uh, you know, okay, false so, so I'm gonna so, so I've clicked off of the tasting notes, right? Good. Okay. Well, look, look, I have just you. I've just cleared me. my and mind. So and, what and, do and I? What think? you taste? It may not be what I taste. It is not wrong. It is what you taste. Right. So there, there, it's it's whatever you taste is fine. That and and, and honestly, that tells me more about your uh, uh, your experiences and, and how you take it as well yeah. that that's the thing so so let's start over this well, is so funny. tinker is and, really taking over the whiskey portion of infosec whiskey so i'm I, I smelling I'm sorry. I, no i love it i love it it's wonderful so i'm so i'm smelling it i have okay. i'm waiting to taste but i'm smelling and i do get this like richness yes okay it's like a um it's it's buttery, I think. Yes, I'm getting like like the heavy cream whipped butter, unsalted. Yes, yes, like a a whipped butter. Yes, I, like I feel, I feel like I need like something to like cleanse my nose palate or whatever. Yeah. If, if that's a thing. No, it is. It is. No, I really. So I feel yeah, like to me, I'm I'm smelling a richness. I look like such a dork right now. Like I have my eyes closed because I have to like focus. Uh, um, it's like when you turn the the um the radio down because you're trying to figure out which street yeah. you need to turn down. 
So. Uh, no, no, you, you got to understand, uh, uh, Ushia. I've, I've got, I've got the face for radio, so I'm, I'm used to kind of hacking in the darkness, if Whatever. you will. And, and so, uh, um, well, you haven't. Have you, have you seen my face? I have not. All right, then. You know, I, I've had I, it I, described to me before. Which which type? Because there's a lot. We can get into that later. Everybody describes me differently. We'll dis- that, that's kind yeah. of the joke. We'll discuss later. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, so so no, no, no. We, we're all here. The people listening right now on the podcast, they're in their cars or they're at home, etc. You know, they might be drinking along with us. I hope they that, are. That that this is how this is how you taste and 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 there's no judgment whatsoever because yeah. we don't care about judgment we care exactly. about what what's in front of us right now. Exactly. So uh, uh, I'm getting similar. I, I'm almost getting kind of warm the 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 butter on top of warm fresh made waffles. Yes. Before, yes. Before oh my gosh. Eat. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Fresh and, made and so, waffles. Yeah. And so it's kind of it's kind of that that kind of soothing kind of rich mm. you know rich is a generic word but but it, it, it fits here but it does and that kind of butter with, with with like the hints of almost the maple syrup that you're smelling yes. from yeah i don't taste the maple syrup right. it's not a it's not a maple whiskey it's but, not but it's it's but, but in I that get yes those hints. no absolutely no, I, when i when i when i smell it i want to go <sighs> like I'd like I, it. I'm telling you, if Larceny's not paying you, they ought to. <laughs> they they really should, honestly. Yeah, I wish. Um, yeah, no, you're definitely. I definitely like when I. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. This is the best podcast ever. So <laughs> I agree. This is you're don't, teaching don't, me don't so tell, much. Uh, don't tell Thinker. I, I won't tell Thinker. Um, um, <clears throat> so no, yes, you're right. So when I smell it, I'm smelling. Gosh, it's so, uh, it make yeah, it just, it, I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's, should, it's comfort. Should we drink it? We should drink it. Let's, let's drink, drink it. Let's drink it. Let's put a little bit. All right. Now, again, this is straight, so I don't have any water, I don't have any whiskey, or any, any uh, I don't have any water, any uh, yeah. ice in it. Right Mine now. is neat as well, and <clears throat> I told you this before, but, like, knowing that Tinker is from Texas Mm -hmm. and like, you know, the kind of stereotypical Texan is (laughs) bigger, you know, right? Like everything's bigger in Texas. So normally like my stance on whiskey is whiskey your way, right? I don't care if you put ice in it, water in it. I don't care if you put Coke in it. I just want you to drink it kind of as long as you drink alcohol like I don't want you know but so right so like because when it was so funny one time like I I had posted some stuff about whiskey and people had a fucking conniption because I had ice in my whiskey you can have ice in your whiskey that's okay absolutely and like you mentioned earlier during the unrecorded podcast (laughs) this is this is Tinker Sec 2.0 you mentioned archives of InfoSec (laughs) And, you know, I'm so bummed that we didn't get that recorded. But anyways, so you mentioned, and I think that it's really important for people to understand, that, like, when you, like, you had mentioned before, like, the the higher the proof, the kind of the more concentrated the whiskey is. And so even just adding a drop, you know, and, like, anyone who has watched, I cannot remember the name of it right now because I am probably three fingers in, but there's a Netflix special about whiskey. I think it's called, 
Mm, I don't remember. But there's a, <laughs> there's a Netflix special about whiskey where they go out to, I want to say, Buffalo Trace okay. um, Distillery. And it's super interesting for anybody who's who's interested in whiskey and bourbon. Sure. But, and they, they, even the guy said, and I wanted to, like, record it and post it for the haters who were like, oh, my gosh, you had icing in your whiskey. But, like, just a drop of water. Two yes. drops of water. Like when I when I try whiskey for the first time, even though like I have already said and I'm proclaimed, like I don't know shit, right? You're teaching me more about whiskey than I could ever like teach. But like I feel like I'll start off neat because mm-hmm. I want to taste it in its purest form. Yes. So absolutely. that that first, you know, that first swallow, I want to I want to know what it does for me and then I determine from there do I need to add a little water, do I need to add a little ice or whatever. And like yeah. you mentioned, like that totally changes the drink. Like if you, you put if you put two drops of water or you put a whole ice cube in, that like completely yep. changes it. You you you're you're absolutely right. So there there it, and I agree with you. There's no wrong way to to drink whiskey, right? And then that's how you're like. There, there is there is a a standard way to right. approach a new whiskey to to find out the breadth of what that whiskey is. Um, right. Here in Dallas, we we have a place called Trinity Hall, uh, and it's run by by a wonderful individual by the name of Marius Donnelly uh, out of Dublin, Ireland, mm, and. Love uh, it. Uh, we have uh, it, it has one of the largest uh, whiskey selections, uh, uh, you know, probably in the nation. It's 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 very it's very handy, and and, and he'll have um, monthly whiskey tastings, very uh, very inexpensive, um, uh, what have you. Very but cool. but what he'll say is is here, here's the proper way of going about. It. The first thing you do is you look at it, you get a feel for it, you just kind of look at it, kind of what we've already done, and then right. you smell it in the way that we smelled, and then what you do is you get you get straight or neat whiskey. And put a little bit on your tongue, and then breathe it in. Let let it kind of let, let let the aroma fill your mouth. You're not drinking it, but you're just a little bit, a couple drops on your tongue to let the aroma really right. fill your so, mouth. And then you breathe that in. Tell me, uh, tell me, through. hold on. How do we put this on our tongue? Like, pardon so, my, no, you, my you, simplicity, you, no, but you, you, literally, you, do I stick my tongue in no, it? No, no, no. <laughs> so, so, so. You, I mean, and that's a fair question. Right. Um, you, 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 you go to drink a little bit, but, but don't. Don't pour enough in your mouth to make a full sip. Gotcha. Just a little bit. So l- l- let's try that. Let's do take, that. Take, uh, in, in order to taste it, just drink in, just, just put a little bit just to where you wet your tongue. That's all we're doing. And then open your mouth really wide and le- and, and don't breathe. Just let, let the aroma fill in your mouth. Okay. And then breathe in through your mouth, out through your nose again, the exact same way we did. This is kind of like uh, uh, an integrated step. So just, just, just a little bit. Yeah. Tell me what you now smell. I don't know. I feel a little tingly on my tongue. Yeah, that's good. That's that's you have just the right amount then. <laughs> I don't really. I don't know. What do you tell me? What you taste? It's going to be a little bit similar, but but a lot stronger. Uh, what I'm getting now, in addition to kind of the buttery notes that we had before. Is I'm getting a little bit of, of the spiciness of the richness, and when I say spicy, I mean more the idea of like a spice cabinet, right? And so, uh, uh, so you mean like not not the bite that you feel because it, obviously it's it's a, a high proof bourbon, it, so it that's going to be bourbon, so that's yeah. going to you're going to um, burn. But you're talking about spice as in, and I. I 
I could totally sound boss right now and be like, there's no. a peppery note on the bottom. Yes. But no, no we absolutely. talked about absolutely. that before. So so we're talking spice as in spices. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I'm, these aren't the ones, but like, like cumins and paprikas and, you know, uh, I do love uh, chili powders and things like mm. that. You know? So no, and it's just, you know, feel for it. So uh, to go through the whole thing, what you'll do next is, is have a drink of it neat and then generally what you'll do is you'll have a glass of water next and you'll put in a single drop of water you know take a drink of water to cleanse your palate you put in a single note of water uh and kind of mix it around your whiskey and what this does is excites all the molecules you know these things have been in a a barrel and now they've been in a bottle they haven't had a lot of outside interaction so this kind of bounces all all around and you'll drink it and, and we'll see if this this works here you'll find that some notes are downplayed, other notes are brought up, and you might even have new notes, notes being taste. So you have new tastes that come up into it. And, and it, it makes for a new drink. Adding one drop of water to, to a finger or two of whiskey will, will, will produce a new taste. Uh, then what you do is you add another drop of water. So now you have two drops of water. You're not watering it down. This is not weakening the effect whatsoever. You're just literally a single drop of water and then a second drop of water. And you'll find that the, the, that the taste has changed again, but not in a linear fashion. It's not like the first time it downplayed the toffee a little bit and brought out the smoke. And the second time it downplays it more and brings out more smoke. No, it, it will completely change again. So just and so, that. yeah. And then so, so what you end up doing is, is, uh, you know, you're kind of altering the taste. And you're finding out where you like it. Um, what ice does, you know, you don't put crushed ice. Now you can put crushed ice in there if you want to. Anybody can, but right. but but now you're kind of you're, you're destroying it. At that point, it's not mixed. <laughs> it's okay. uh, then you're you pretty put, much just putting water. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so you put like you put a single ice cube in it, and and chilling the whiskey will, will change the flavor as well but what ends up happening is the, the the ice will slowly melt just as you're holding it or it's in, you know it's in the air or what have you it will slowly melt and, and and introduce a little bit of water each time so each drink you have when you have a, a, an Pretty ice cube each drink is a different drink it's a different taste and by each drink you're saying like Every sip that I take. Every sip. I'm not talking about pouring anything new. Right. I'm saying you is give yourself different? two fingers of whiskey, plop yes. a single ice cube in there, yes. and every sip is a completely different taste. I love it. And now, that's the point. Yes. That, that's the beauty of it. Right? And, and people that put two ice cubes in it, it's because they're drinking faster. That's all it is. <laughs> and I would like to mention, <laughs> so I don't have... I. I don't have like the normal like large whiskey um, uh, ice cube trays. However, because um, I am a mom of a toddler, which anyone who follows my Twitter knows. Um, sure. <clears throat> and so like I actually have these little silicone molds that yes, is perfect. made for you to um, freeze like baby food. Yeah. <clears throat> and those make the best ice cubes because like I'm pretty sure there's probably some you're using the baby food mold for like I whiskey ice cubes but anyway (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna bypass that but what's cool about it is that the top of it is flat so you flip it over it sits perfectly flat in your dress in your in your um glass and you have this large tongue and you have this ginormous yes I love <laughs> I love the big huge ice cube. So yeah. but no, no but, 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 you're but right. even you know 
even your normal ice cube that you'd get from you know a simple tray out of Walmart or that would come out of a, a, a refrigerator mixer, even the ice cubes that you would get at, at you know a Seven Eleven right. or whatever, you don't have to make it fancy. You can absolutely make it fancy. By I love all it. Means, you know, the world's your burrito, but but we can make it very <laughs> simple as well. And uh, and go from there. But uh, my but, bestie right now, who loves burritos, just had a tiny little excitement when you said that. So I, I'm <laughs> sure. I, 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 I don't drink a lot, or I don't eat a lot of uh, oysters in, in Texas. <laughs> right? I, I do eat a lot of burritos. Well, it's funny. So <clears throat> I think I mentioned this earlier. It's new now. Yeah, it's new now because I think it was it was unrecorded before. So one of my, I have we so the Infosec Whiskey Podcast has a couple of um, normal co-hosts. I, however, decided that I was going to completely hoard you to myself because fuck them. I wanted you to myself, but um, (laughs) so my i i was very lucky i'm moving into the um you know what this might have been a conversation from yesterday um i am moving into the um dc area which uh-huh. I, we mentioned earlier i got a new job it's wonderful everything's great i love these people and i'm moving from florida into virginia mm. i am born well i wasn't born here but i was raised here i was actually born in a um in a uh, a base off out of the out of the country but I was raised from like a very young age in Florida so like I only know Florida weather <laughs> like so, I, oh, so oh. Yeah. I, I just I just did a gig in in DC um just before uh, uh um you know Christmas and whatnot and, and it can get cold let me tell you I'm t- well so there's it's funny because so I was in DC um, a week ago mm-hmm. for, from, for the whole week I was there for, um, my, um, you know, your initial training and getting my equipment and all that good stuff. And, uh, and then I'm working remote until I am able to move up next week. And so it snowed the second day. We actually had a snow day. They sent us home. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, have you ever? Have you ever I've had l- listen, listen. Th- that was my second time in snow ever. So, well, as an adult, like as a as a conscious human being, like there was there's a, some pictures of me at like roughly maybe nine months um, out of country where I was like surrounded by snow, but of course I don't remember. So I've only actually been in snow twice, other than that third time. And so, yeah, it was very interesting. And it was funny because I was, I got up the next day and I was like, okay, nobody said like, we're not going to work. So I guess we're going to work and I'm walking down the steps and I completely slip and fall on my ass. Oh no. Oh yeah. It was great. It was in the, so the first thought that went through my head was, thank God my phone is in my front pocket. And then the second thought that went through my head, now mind you, I'm on my ass with like, I'm like flat out, right? The second thought that went through my head was, you know what, bitch, you ain't sweating. (laughs) Right. Because Florida is hot. Always. Yep. Yep. Like Florida has a couple of, of seasons. We have hot, we have hotter and we have hurricane. And that's, that's all we have in Florida. Um, winter here consists of like three days where it goes below 40 degrees. 
and everyone acts like the hurricane is coming. So it's um so it was definitely interesting and I'm 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 definitely I'm looking forward to it. It's 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 an adventure. Yeah. And uh, and that's how you get a look at it. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. No, no. Uh, uh, I've, I've run into some of the folks out there and, and uh, both in the InfoSec community and, and, and out, and uh, they're, they're great folk. I, I think you'll really enjoy that community. So far, I've been very lucky. There's an InfoSec, com- de- there's definitely a huge InfoSec community out there. Uh-huh. And um, and I've been introduced to quite a few of them. I the, every time I've gone out there, I've kind of done like a a tweet call of like who's here, who wants to hang out, and let's get drinks. And and I get somebody every time that's new and that I haven't met before. Mm-hmm. And um, and I love that. I love meeting new people, and I love getting to like engage and interact. And like that's so much fun. So it's it's always it's always a good time. Absolutely. But yeah. So anyways, I have no idea how we went down this particular rabbit hole because, you know, we've been drinking whiskey for the last two hours, but yeah, we're just shooting the shit at this we, point. We, we, so really, we really are. Let, let's, uh, let's have a final taste okay. uh, of the larceny uh, right. and let's actually get a good drink of it and let me know what you think about it. Okay. All right. No tasting notes are in front of me. I want oh. to make this completely... I want your opinion. Yeah, what, what I think. Okay. All right, let's do this. So, what I notice is it's not, it doesn't bite me when I take yeah. a sip of it, right? Like, there are some things, people, like, rave about Maker's Mark, and, and, mm. and I'm not saying anything negative about it, but I find that when I drink Maker's Mark... It kind. I feel like I get a a little bite at the end, where I feel yeah. like it like bites me back. And this, I feel like there's there's definitely that little burn, but it's I would I would call it moderate. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's. I feel like there's like a very I don't know if smooth is the right word, but like a smooth finish. Yeah. You can say smooth. Yeah, like it's after that initial kind of burn, but even the burn like isn't. I don't know. It's no, like burning. It's not bad. It's not. I, I, I had a, a, a woman I used to know, and we used to drink a lot together. Uh, <laughs> her, her preference was uh, was Maker's Mark, so I've got um, mm. uh, I've got a lot of emotions wrapped up into Maker's Mark. But really? uh, with uh, with this drink with Larceny, um, yeah. So so I'm, I'm getting a lot of that. You know the the. The, the almost like the the maple syrup hard candy you know almost uh, uh, with the buttery kind of uh, 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 you know fresh taste if you will yes. but it is a very easy uh, sipping whiskey um, on the back finish I, I get like almost like black pepper powder you know like like, like the the when you when you when you shake your last pepper out and, and you've got to uh, you've got to refill your little uh, shaker. Uh, and, and on the inside, you have the fine dust yes. of, the, of the black pepper. It, it almost has that light kind of peppery, uh, black peppery finish as it goes down your throat. It. It's kind of that. Or could I say that if Please. you were to refill your black pepper? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, yeah. and that, and, and that kind of little puff, puff, yes, that absolutely. Comes yeah. up, 
That, that, that's exactly that's, yes. that's, that's what I'm tasting that. And so, and, and again, on the back of your tongue, you know, sweet, the sweet uh, is on the front and kind of the sides of your tongue generally. Um, and, and a lot of the kind of the core tastes that are right on the top of your tongue. The back yes. of your tongue is all that bitter. That That's the, uh, right. uh, you know, the good bitters, you know, yeah. like your, your coffee, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. So the, the peppers kind of as when we say finish, it, it's it's uh, as it goes down your throat kind of thing. Uh, but no, that, that that's kind of the cool thing is, you know, this is 92 proof. Uh, most is. whiskeys that I know of are around 80 proof. Uh, and yeah. the reason why why typically you do 92 proof generally the, the idea is that it's almost concentrate you can add uh, ice to it and not have it really really dissipate the taste or or, 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 or kind of spread it out if you will um, you can add you can you can kind of really dial in how much water you want to put in how many drops you want to put into it to really get that specific note you can really tailor the whiskey for yourself so that's the idea of a 92 proof or a hundred proof or whatever in America though. Uh, uh, you know, in Texas Perfect. in particular, we just say, Hey, it's more bite. I'm going to take it to the teeth. You know, I, I used mm. to measure bourbons, not by its tasting notes, but by the, uh, by the level of pain and the flavor of pain that would have, you know? Well, um, <laughs> and you know, we, we both were discussing earlier, um, kind of after, like, I think you, you said after a finger, your back pain was starting to go away. Oh yeah, no, no. It's like like I'll, I'll get tipsy maybe on I'll get tipsy really on maybe three or four fingers, um, but uh, uh, you know one finger or so it, it it loosens up my neck, lets my back pain go out, yeah, and I can breathe. You know, I I I'll actually get that kind of you know more awareness because the pain will go away and when the pain goes away i can actually pay attention to the world around me um and and, and it's not like taking a pain med like an opiate because opiates fuck with your mind absolutely Uh, you know a single point you gotta be really careful uh if you ever you never want to self-medicate with alcohol you never want to drink it so it gets rid of pain whether emotional or physical that's the road to alcoholism um but when you have that single pour, like like I don't I don't care to get drunk anymore. I, I still will, and I'm I'm trying to really bring that back. I I don't like getting drunk in public, really. <laughs> right. Um, but but I like I like whiskey, and so I'll, I'll have a you know a nightcap, a single uh, a single finger, if you will, you know, uh, two ounces or something like that. Um, and and it's enough to kind of unwind. It's not enough to really depress me. You know, depress meaning. Uh, 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 physiologically. Um, but it's just enough to kind of end the week, you know, it's just really, really simple. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the pain will kind of dissipate around. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to, to finally enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but, well, but I, I will I, say like, so I, I mentioned early, earlier, mm-hmm. unrecorded, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm relocating from Florida to DC area Right. And I have been packing like a madman for the last couple oh, of days. No. Yeah, I know it sucks. And <laughs> like in the future, I will never ever pack again. Like I will hire some person to pack it, for me if you can afford it. If you have the yes. means, then then by all means, absolutely. But um, anyway, so today I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I was looking forward to the podcast simply. Because I was like, I am going to make my feet not hurt a little less with, with a little bit of whiskey. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I know, yeah, but yeah. So, 
let's get into we've we've discussed the whiskey. Yes. And we've discussed my my podcast faux pas. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, kind of, you know, like I mentioned, unrecorded. God, this sucks. So like we talked. <laughs> I know it's kind of like, all right. So people who are listening to the podcast, I fucked up. But so we were kind of talking, and one of the things that um, I want out of this podcast, and it's actually kind of just becoming realized to me in the last couple of podcasts, is, you know. I've come from a place of trying to find your dream job and enjoying life and being in a job that you enjoy going to every day. And um, I am thrilled that I have gotten into InfoSec because not only is the job amazing, but I found that the community that we have is also amazing. And so I know there's a lot of people out there that... um, want to understand how to get into it. And I actually have a couple questions from some Twitter peoples that, um, that kind of mention on this, but I just kind of want to start with, where did you start? How did you get into InfoSec? Sure. So, you know, uh, um, InfoSec is, 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 fairly diverse so far as background's concerned that there's not really or hasn't been really a direct way into it you know Absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I i mentioned that uh um I love we're just now getting out of our 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 infancy yeah well well even our our, our uh, teenage years you mm-hmm. know our adolescence uh the infancy was maybe 15 20 years ago when, when it was just a couple folks a couple hackers you know getting paid to hack stuff and and then because hacking was becoming a thing, you know, some folks to defend it. The adolescence is really, you know, we're bringing a, you know, information security is older than computers, right? If information is stored in file cabinets, you have physical security. Uh, uh, we like to talk about social engineering as if it was a new thing, but conning and grifting is as old as mankind. Um, and so we're, 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 you know, we're on the blue team side and DFIR, you know, it's digital forensics. We're still employing uh, investigative practices, whether it be, as Chris Sanders says, you know, the, the police detective uh, mode of, of uh, approaching things of, of, you know, what's before me, what does that mean? Or the, the medical doctor approach where you go through kind of a series of scenarios that you've encountered or learned about and does it fit any of those? And only if it doesn't fit those, do you move on to something new kind of thing? Uh, uh, so the adolescence is, is bringing to bear the, the wealth uh, of knowledge that, that humankind has to, to this very specific niche use case of information security as it relates to computers. Hmm. Uh, and also, because it, it, it's fairly new, the, the use of computers to store information and, and the networking in which to retrieve it, uh, um, coming up with our own new things, right? Well, that means you got to have a lot of different people. That there, there hasn't been a cybersecurity uh, degree program, so to speak, Um and so you have folks that kind of make do, you know, my, my background, my, my, my degree is not in, in computers at all, you know? Um, what is it? And, uh, uh it's in history ah. and, uh, in Arabic and, and political science. I feel like um, that makes so much sense. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, when I was in high school, 
uh, I, I hacked into my high school mainframe, and that's dating <laughs> me. Um, I did not. I did not change anything, and, and the statute of limitations has passed. And if it has not passed, then this is a complete fabrication for a podcast for uh, uh, illustrative purposes. Only. Agreed. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I, I got access. I didn't change grades. But I just want to see if I could do it. Um, and then uh, I went to uh, to college for computer science because uh, really all you had was computer science or management information systems and. And then uh, uh, 9-11 happened, and uh, I joined the Marine Corps mm. and changed my degree to history, uh, Arabic studies, and political science. And I, uh, I, I did a bit of studies in uh, uh, over in the Middle East and lived I, with an Arabic family. I know I said this before, but I just mm. – I thank you for your service. Oh, cheers. Any, no, anybody, that, anybody that I think takes <clears throat> um, their life and decides that they're going to – put it towards the greater good is, is just amazing to me. So anyways, go ahead. If it makes you feel better, Ushi, I didn't do it for anybody else. I just wanted to see if I could do it. I don't, so, I, it doesn't matter. D- different people join for different reasons. Also, my, my entire family is, is a family of, 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 uh, service folks. My, both of my, uh, granddads fought in world war two and my, my father, uh, uh, flew F 14, uh, Tomcats went through top gun. So I, you it's know, kind of a, it's a, it's a family trade. It's funny so, that you say that because I did law enforcement, which I always kind of considered as kind of a, a local, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I feel like our service members are, t- are, are protecting us on a grander front. And it's funny that you say that because like I did law enforcement and people would thank me for my service. And I thought that like, listen, I just have a good time. <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. it's fun so i totally get that anyways so you were saying that you spent time with a middle eastern family yep uh uh and uh you know lived with them um you know learned the language learned the culture uh fell in love with the food fell in love with the people so cool. um ended up serving uh in iraq um and doing my thing and, and came back and I was like, well, shit, now what? <laughs> you right. know, I mean, I, w- I was supposed to die over there. I, w- I was fully prepared to. Uh-huh. We we were, nobody remembers this anymore, but we were uh, serving in Al Ambar, and, and I was doing uh, convoy, direct support convoy ops uh, up to uh, Al-Assad, uh, Ar-Ramadi, and, and, and Al-Fallujah. Uh, I'd run trips over to Blue Diamond for the Mercs. Uh, We'd escort uh, third party or third country nationals, sorry, and uh, and mercenaries, and uh, in our own selves and whatnot, um, and we basically connected all all of Al Ambar. Uh, we hit so many roadside bombs that my sister platoons nicknamed our platoon the Boom Boom Platoon. Oh my gosh! Um, uh, we called ourselves the new EOD. EOD is Explosive Ordnance Disposal. Generally, like if we it? found a bomb, and they train us on how to find them, you can't see them. Uh, you know, at night, you're not going to see anything. The 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 the, the freaking uh, the the pressure plates that, that set off the bombs are covered in electrical tape and they're you, you can't see them anyhow if we happen to see them we, we get out and, and look around and we found a bomb we call it eod explosive ordnance disposal and uh, generally this was uh navy uh, uh spec ops and they'd come out with a little robot and uh put a charge of c4 on it and blow it up right and we're like well we don't need to call eod to blow it up we'll blow it up ourselves we'll just run over the goddamn thing and blow ourselves <laughs> up it'll be 
It'll be hilarious, right? And so um, we hit a shit ton of those. And this was this was pre-surge. Again, nobody now, you know, it's been, what, 10, 15 years later. Um, nobody remembers the surge. The surge was a big deal at the time. There's flooding Iraq with uh, 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 with military. We were that uh, deployment that made them decide to bring in the surge because we were getting hit so hard. Um uh, you know, every single roadside bomb that went off went off on my side of the vehicle, whether I was driving or I was what's called aid driving. It's it's a you're, you're the person on the radio and, and, and providing support in the passenger side. It went off on my side of the vehicle, right behind me. And uh, these were these were not somebody like clicking a button to blow us up or or, or, or what have you. This was us rolling over a pressure plate. You know, this is out. It was either out by Fallujah or out in, in, in the desert. And so, uh, 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 and these these streets that we were going on, they were barely streets. They're really narrow. And so, what ended up happening was I drove the vehicle one inch to the right, and the person behind me drove one inch to the left, and, and they triggered the bomb. Um, oh wow! Uh, we even there was even one time where we came under uh, a mortar attack, um, and uh, we were going real slow and and, and laying down uh, artificial bottlenecks to control any movement. And we came under mortar attack, and we all kind of you know, hunkered in place. And this was really before the heavy up armored warthogs that you kind of see now. Uh, uh, we were we were <laughs> real thin plate metal that that these these bombs would go right through and there was no there was no uh, armor on, on on the roof of our cabs and so mortars come from the sky and we're like oh well shit this is how we die um a mortar landed right in front of my vehicle and didn't go off and so i could see it you know <laughs> i could see the the fins of this thing sticking out of the asphalt uh, and I went up to look at it, and, and my my platoon started shouting out, "Get back! Get back! You goddamn sons of bitches! It's it's, it's it still may go off." And so we all get back, and then he goes up and goes <laughs> and takes a picture of it. So <laughs> at some point, I'll I'll show you a picture that he shared with me. Oh, I can't wait to see it. But um, but every single one, you know, I should have died out there, uh, but I didn't. So I'm like, well, now what? You know, I, I've lived a full life. You know, in my early twenties as a marine, I'm I'm done. And so I uh, had to come back during the recession, and there was no jobs. There, there, nobody was hiring anything. I, I worked every odd job known to man. I worked in retail, you know, uh, worked in sales, just uh, uh, worked odd. And I ended up uh, uh, learning um, welding because the idea is you can't outsource welding. you, you got to be there, right? So. <laughs> Right. Uh, I, I, I helped to build the Dallas Omni Hotel in downtown Dallas, which uh, I, I got to alter the Dallas skyline, which I'm quite happy. That's uh, cool so, as shit. Uh, yeah, no, this is this is my city. Um, ended up tearing up. I tore my knee in Iraq. Didn't know. I uh, ended up tearing up my knee even further uh, during construction uh, towards the end of it. Uh, and so ended up getting reconstructive surgery and saying, well, shit, my body's breaking down in my mid-20s. I need a, I need a new job. And so um, ended up going into IT recruiting uh, yeah. just because it, it was a thing. Did that for about two years. Uh, hated it. Uh, I, was, I was competent. They gave me a desk. I, I earned my keep, but I wasn't, wasn't really good. Most IT recruiters, you know, so me, I, I like to learn the technology. You know, it, it reminded me of, of, of when right. I was hacking in high school. Yeah. Um, 
and I wanted to learn each person that I was placing and every single person that, that I worked with. And, and whenever I'd send them to a job, I knew they were a fit. And, and, and the people that I sent to the job, they, they ended up getting a job generally. And I represented them well. And, exactly. and the people that, that, that spoke to me and said that I was the best IT recruiter they ever, they ever encountered. Mm. Uh, in my team, I was like mid to low level, <laughs> you know, That's because the best IT recruiters were the ones shooting everybody at everything. They, they would throw up people uh, and candidates onto the wall and see what stuck. And while my percentage of hires, meaning the, the amount of people that I submitted for a position, the amount of people that I got hired out of those was high, the overall volume was low because I was caring about each individual person. Yes. Whereas most posts were like, oh, you're good, fine. You match a keyword, smack, smack, smack. I'll put you at 100 jobs. Who cares if I burn your name? They yeah. made the money because yeah. at volume, at scale, they made the most uh, uh, the most um, hires. And, and I... You know, I, I'm loud. I get that, but I, I'm I'm an introvert <laughs> in, in the sense that you know crowds and people drain me. Um, me I, too. I'm competent. I, I yes. yeah, absolutely. I I can. You know, I'm a co-organizer of the Dallas Hacker Association. I I get up and I MC and and I, and I lead the night so far as speaking is concerned. But it drains me. You know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they, they wanted me to make like 60 calls a day and I'd get to like 15 and like, I can't talk to anybody else. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so long and short, uh, uh, I didn't make it as a recruiter, but, but I learned how business worked. I learned who was hiring, what they were worth and how it all fit together. Cause I, I'd hire everything. And, uh, I said, well, how about I get back into computers? And I, I knew some friends from college, early college in high school, uh, who were in Dallas, and, and you know, I had a developer. Sounds like a joke, but I had a developer, uh, uh, a systems administrator, and an infosec person, a security analyst. Uh, Please tell me you all walked into a bar. Um, so I took each of them to a bar. <laughs> uh, I'm not lying about this. I, I one at a time. I took ah, them to a bar, and, and, and I got them drunk. <laughs> and I said, "Tell me what you do, and, and what do I need to do to get there?" And, and you know, one person might say, "You know, you need to get a degree." The others like, "You need to build a." portfolio well the um the the infosec guy said look i, I don't if you have a degree great you, that buys you two weeks of my training time but if you stop learning for even two weeks or a month you become obsolete to me i, I need you to be on that edge i need oh, you wow. to always know i need you to know all the old attacks because they'll always be used i need you to learn every new attack because every week something new is going to come right um uh and so he goes, I go, well, how do I get there? He goes, well, study these things and you'll be ready for an interview. And again, this is intrusion detection. This is your, your kind of a tier one SOC analyst. Yeah. And he wrote down a long uh, uh, list um, of, uh, of things to study. Uh, shout out to Mark if you're listening. Uh, uh, you know, he, he said, study all these concepts. And he's like, here's a little bit of systems. Here's a little bit of networking. Here's a little bit of Python scripting. Uh, you know, here's web applications. Here's basic attacks, basic defenses, and basic detections, you know. And he goes, study each of these, and then we'll talk. And you got to understand, back, back when I was hacking, you know, Secure Shell wasn't a thing. SSH wasn't a thing. I knew about Telnet. Telnet's right. how you remotely connect. Yeah. I was like, what's SSH? What, what's this shit? You know, <laughs> kind of thing. I, I basically had to start from scratch. Um, 
you know, the, the biggest, the biggest rat, the biggest backdoor that I knew in the late nineties, early two thousands was, was back orifice, you know, shout out to the cult of the dead cow kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. now I'm like, what the fuck is all this noise here? Mm-hmm. You know? what, what's metasploit? <laughs> and so, uh, I, I basically self-studied and took online courses for about eight, eight months or to a year. Uh, and, and I went to every local group I could physically. Uh, so Dallas Hackers Association was in its infancy at the time. The local DEF CON group was huge. Even the local 2600 group, we've got one here, uh, as well as, um, you know, other other more blue team centric ones. Uh, uh, I went to everything I could to meet people. For those who um, don't know, what is 2600? So 2600 is the old phone freaks. Um, you might hear them called freakers as well. Hackers will call them freakers. They call themselves freaks. So, and of course uh, we spell that with a PH. Yes. PH. Yeah. With a PH. And the idea was way back in the day, uh, uh, you had local calls, you had long distance calls. And and the idea is if it had to travel over, you know, out of an area code, Mm -hmm. uh, you'd have to pay so many cents per minute. And, you know, you talk for an hour and you're running up hundreds of dollars, you know, and Bill, God God forbid you do uh, international calls. Right. And so these folks would, would essentially what amounts to is hack, uh, the phone system of the time. And, uh, you know, they, they'd make, you know, one, one simple hack, if you will, simple in concept was when you go up to a payphone and you enter in a quarter to make a phone call, um, uh, some of these phones would send audio signals through the system. And on the other end, it, uh, you know, the operating system would, or the operators, uh, or the system operating it, if you will, uh, would hear the, the tone and say, okay, that's the tone for a quarter. I'm going to give them, you know, uh, so many minutes of, of phone time to, 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 to make a call. And then I'm going to say, hey, if you don't enter in another quarter, I'm going to cut you off. I mean, this is the, the bullshit pay by the minute kind of just to make a normal, we're not even talking about sex lines here, just to make a normal phone call to your friend who happens to live 30 minutes away in another area code, right? Um, and so they're like, well, shit, let, let's get all the audio codes. And, and they make, I want to say it was a blue box. Uh, this is back when you, when you start hearing about Captain Crunch. Uh, yes. Uh, you know. Uh, the whistle. Uh, yeah. Captain Crunch, by the way, is a fucktard who, who hurts kids uh, and other folks. So fuck them. But uh, okay. what made him famous was the Captain Crunch whistle was the same tone as like a quarter or a nickel or something. Right. And so he'd whistle this into a payphone to get free free phone calls because it interpreted the tone, which you could put into, you know, the receiver or put in a quarter through the thing. It interpreted that as payment rendered. Uh, and so you can make these little blue boxes that, that okay, how much money do I want to put in? And it would play the tone and then you, you could do it. Okay, so, so basically one way of doing phone f- uh, freaking is uh, 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 getting free phone calls, free long-distance phone calls. Well, pre-internet, uh, uh, the first networked computers be- beyond local computers were basically using uh, dial-up modems to connect to central servers uh, which were called uh, BBSs, bulletin boards, yes. uh, servers yes. or bulletin board systems, um, and so you would have your your local region. You might have a Dallas or or, or a Nova, N- Northern Virginia uh, uh, BBS, and you dial locally, and you'd get up on what amounted to a message forum, you know, uh, proto Reddit, if you will, proto Twitter, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd get up there and you'd talk and, and all that kind of stuff through your computer. Um, 
Well, that's neat. That, that's your local folks. But yeah. what if I, what if I, me in Dallas, I wanted to call you in, in Nova in, in Virginia? Yeah. Well, if, if I want to, if, if, if I want to, if I want to connect to your BBS, I've got to pay long distance fees for my dial up modem to connect to you. Right. Okay. That's, that's fine for a real quick. I might download everything, but again, downloading shit over, <laughs> you know, a, 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 a very slow modem, even just text, that's going to take a while. So what ended up happening was you, you ended up having kind of two communities, the phone freaks and the hackers kind of getting with each other, you know, the, the, the phone freaks like, hey, here's how you get free dial-up, <laughs> you know, basically free phone right. service. And, 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 you know, the hackers saying, you know, here's how we can, here's a phone freaks in uh, in uh, Nova. Here's their information that they're posting up on their BBS. You know, Love now it. we can exchange information. And, and nowadays, you know, you have a heavy blending of the communities uh, as we've gotten to the internet and, you know, uh, uh, et cetera. But 2600 was a baud rate. It was a baud rate of some of the earliest uh, uh, modems more than anything. But um, uh, it was uh, uh, it, it became an identifying trope meme concept of phone freaks, and so uh, a, a magazine, a, a actual printed out magazine called Twenty Six Hundred, uh, is the Hackers Quarterly. Uh, you can get that at Barnes and Noble. You know, uh, you can buy it online, and they they put right. out four of these days. And it's basically how to hack and, and hacking culture and freak culture and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super cool. It, 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 it's still printed today. It's there. And some of the earliest, the idea is the first Friday of every month, they would put in the back of 2600, even now in the back of 2600, you can read where all your local 2600 groups meet, the, the physical location of it. Um, and it's the first Friday of every month. Uh, and, cool. and, and you can find out if you, if you have a local uh, 2600 meeting, and that, that's before even, you know, the DEF CON meetings uh, that, that I know so, of. So, um, <clears throat> you said the first Friday of every month. Yep. So, Dallas Hacker, or Dallas 2600, how do we, yeah. what's their, yeah. is, am I saying so that they, right? They, they meet, yeah, the, it's, it's, a, it's a Dallas chapter of the 2600, Dallas chapter of the 2600. Okay, so first Friday, okay, because I mentioned to you before, I have a, um, I have a great group of people and we, uh-huh. but we're mostly Nova area yep. um, slash DMV, uh, uh-huh. which is the DC, uh, Maryland, Virginia area. And we yep. keep saying that we want to take a road trip because one of the people in our group is from the Dallas hackers region. Yep. And um, we want to kind of bring our little group and, and just kind of storm Buster into yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, no, so, you're welcome. So, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're probably gonna road trip, and so that's super cool yeah. to know. Like, so, so uh, uh, Dallas Fort Worth, the DFW Metroplex, you know, the, the two big cities of Dallas, DFW, Fort Worth, yeah. and all of mid cities and the surrounding cities. This this giant place. Um, we're kind of a hub of, of hackers. In, in Nova, you have a lot of hackers, but they, they tend to be government, military. Not always, but they tend to be. No, you're um, very right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with, with DFW, the reason why we have such a kind of a core contingent of hackers is this is this is the old telecom route. You know, this is AT and T. Yeah. Uh, is here ZTE Chinese uh, Telecom has its U.S. headquarters uh, uh, here in DFW. Huh? Um, and so there's a lot of hackers here in, in Dallas and in Fort Worth in the area. So, you know, that the, the totally Dal- answered my question of 
why is there so many hackers in Dallas? That, that's where it comes from. And then what ends up happening now is because Dallas, uh, you know, Texas does not have an income tax, and we've really catered yeah. towards business. A lot of businesses have moved their their North American or U.S. headquarters here. You know, we have uh, we have. Uh, you know, uh, JC Penny, um, uh, Dr. Pepper, Snapple, Keurig is here. Uh, <laughs> Toyota just moved their North American headquarters here. AT&T's here. ZTE's here. Um, you know, uh, uh, everyone, even like id Software and Gearbox Studios, uh, you know, major uh, video game manufacturers or creators, rather. They're here lot. too, right? Like, like there's just so many, uh, so many contingents here. And so what ends up happening is a lot of the, intrusion detection a lot of the the security operations center the infosec socks uh uh they they uh they want to be in headquarters they want to know the people they want to trust the people they want to see mm-hmm. them. you can outsource that stuff but but most folks don't want to because of a trust issue they want to know who the people that are protecting their systems are and so yeah. because the headquarters are here and the telecom backbone is here this is where all the the intrusion detection folks are, and uh, a lot of the, the hackers themselves. There's just a vibrant community, both of ha- hackers and separately uh, 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 infosec practitioners. So, so I'm definitely putting that on my like 2020 bucket list. Yeah, yeah, come on out. We, we have the there. Dallas Hackers Association. We have a local DEF CON group, DC214. We have the local 2600. Nice. Nice. We have a North Texas Cybersecurity Group that are more blue team corporate, but still very technical. Very cool. and of course, we have ISSA, OWASP, uh, cloud security folks. I mean, like everything, right? Um, you just uh, word so- vomited a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, good luck for the people that, that go through and listen to your uh, your, your podcast. Uh, the big thing, I, Essentially, I, push heavily, I, I push three groups myself. 2600 is great, but but it's just kind of a chill-out place, go social. Nothing wrong with that. I, I love them. They're, they're great. I, I like the uh, social. Uh, I co-organize the Dallas Hackers Association. Yes. It's uh, the first uh, Wednesday of every month. Nice. Uh, we have 10-minute fire talks. What did you hack in? Uh, or what did you hack in general the, the last month? Uh, oh, I like that. Uh, uh, in, in about five minute discussion, we have a, a, a capture flag there. We have a lock sport there. Just come in and, and have a good time. It's a party. Nice. Uh, that's the first Wednesday of every month. The, the second Wednesday of every month is the local DEF CON group. Uh, that's run by a hacker named uh, Juno. Uh, she just took it over from Isaac, uh, who, who had it. been running it for a very long time. Okay. And uh, uh, that's more long form. It's almost like a single DEF CON talk, if you will. Uh, much more chill crowd, kind of relaxed. Nice. Not as frenetic as DHA. Nice. Um, and then there's a North Texas Cybersecurity Group, and they meet oh shit uh the the fourth thursday of the month I believe oh my right. god tinker i'm gonna have to spend uh, a month no 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 no. every single week we have one or two things going okay every uh, period i know but i uh, want to hang out with all of you the first week is is uh you know uh dha and then 2600 is that friday uh the second week you know i mean pone <laughs> school is coming here phil wiley uh, is basically running his own like how, how to be a hacker or go to pone school you, you can we take a moment to here. just dallas is where it's at like like totally. my job my job is remote right? I, I don't have anybody here i just live in dallas because of the community and 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 either i'm hacking remotely or i'm flying uh you know i, I fly out to dc frequently i i fly out to silicon valley frequently i go international frequently um but i live in dallas because 
it's a hub That's both awesome. of travel. I've got DFW Airport, which goes everywhere. You know, um, that almost... gets everywhere as well. But no, this is this is where this is where the culture is living and breathing. I think it's it, so. It's funny you say that because <clears throat> half of my like close knit infosec people on Twitter. Like, I feel like half of the people are in DMV, and then half of the people are, like, Dallas. Yep, that, so, that, that's the corporate telecoms and, and uh, in Dallas, and the military and government yes, uh, yes. In, in your area. Yep, and that's why, like, so my DMV people, we, we want to kind of mesh our, our clans together, yes, if you will. So you, we are going to do that. We've actually, welcome. we've, we've uh, literally discussed, we're going to rent an RV, and we're going to... I think we should like live stream it the whole the whole. Thing. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. That would Whenever be... you come out of here, let, let me know, and you can put it on your podcast. Um, you know I will. <laughs> but so, um, okay, so oh, I love it. Like I love all of it. So you kind of mentioned like my biggest thing is for people who are trying to get into this like we're so lucky right and I didn't realize this somebody said to me the other day I was having a huge bout of the um imposter syndrome and my friend sure. my 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 amazing friend um the infosec goat I'm gonna give her a quick plug she yeah. said to me she was like stop it you're here like you have yeah. a full-time job in infosec there's a lot of people who are trying to get into infosec yeah and so I I kind of tried I I found that I have organically skewed this podcast to be to those people who are trying to get into it, right? Because we're yeah, super yeah. lucky, right? I don't ever pretend that I'm even close to a tinker sack type of uh, place in my in my career. However, I think that um, you and I are both very lucky because we get to do what we like and yeah. we get to, we get to do really cool jobs and there are people out there who are like, I would do anything to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and you say a tinker suck level job. I, I, I don't know shit. Stop Ushi. it. No, 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 no. This is not false bravado. Stop it. Uh, uh, my, my mentor Wirefall has forgotten more about hacking than I will ever know. I'm not a Mubix. Wirefall is so on my list of people I, 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 to, I'm not, to grab, you know, I, I, I'm not a, a freaking Egypt or, or uh, you know, uh, a freaking space rogue or, or uh, you know, any any of the, the loft group or cult of the dead cow. Like, like, I don't know shit. I know five tricks that get me into the bulk majority of corporations. I know three tricks that let me break in. You know, I, I got a wink and a smile that lets me get in. Me, me being good at my job is not a reflection on my prowess. It's a reflection on how much work needs to be done in security to protect right. things. That's, That's very true. That's very true. I have found, so, I found in my life that I didn't know that I was hacking things when I was hacking things. Because right. I think people, people miss mislabel hacking with only being computers when really yeah. hacking is just figuring out a way around something just just using life. something beyond yeah. its intended means that, when, that's it so i love that, that. yeah you, you mentioned you mentioned two things you mentioned imposter syndrome and you mentioned how to get in and, mm -hmm. and uh real quick on imposter syndrome imposter syndrome you know is the idea right that that Hey, I don't belong here. Or there's all these folks that know more than me, and, and, and right. you know they're, they're paying me, or I'm doing the job. Mm -hmm. But uh, but once they find out the real me, I'm going to be fired. Right? Yes. Um, 
so and that, that comes with the idea that we're listening to people who, who are more experienced or differently experienced uh, and thinking, well, I don't know what they what they know. What I find at DHA, at Dallas Hackers Association, is, is, is someone will give up and give a fire talk. And it blows me away. It gives me a nosebleed. You know, my brain, my, my brain is hemorrhaging against my frontal uh, lobe, and it's pushing blood out of my nose. It's just so much information. I've never heard it before. It's so above me. I have no concept. And, and if I measure myself against it, I, I'm <laughs> a complete ignorant fool. And then I get up and I talk about something that oh shit, I do all the time. It's not you know I figured it out five years ago, but now it's just yeah, it still works. And here's what I do. Right. And hopefully, if I tell other people about it, somebody will fix it to where I have to learn something new, right? And they're like, I've never heard that before. The same person that I listen to right. that is a genius. So like you're a genius, and I'm like. I don't I don't, you know, I know I'm not a genius, right? But but it goes into the idea of of you know there's there, there's there's so many niches of information that you get to the point where yeah, foundationally you should know you know basic networking and systems, right? You should know you should know the foundation of everything. But once you start diving in, uh, everything becomes just this sliver of a niche. And, and when you start listening, and, and you, you know, it's the idea of uh, you know, if you're comparing yourself against like the highest of the high or whatever, you know, there's always going to be someone better than you. And if you're only looking at those better people, it's good if you're doing that for inspiration or maybe occasionally for guidance, although I I hesitate on that. Um, But if you're comparing (laughs) yourself on the people who who came before you, then they're always going to have come before you. (laughs) You kind of need to get that concept. Um, but, But the flip side is, you know, a lot of times when they look around, they go, you know, the new folks are doing things in ways I've never even thought because, when you get into a good kind of level of things, like I, I will break into a building and I will hack into a computer in ways that I know how because it still works. But it right. might not be the best way. The new folks coming in with, with, with new blood and, and you know fresh face, et cetera, they're, they're going to look at it completely differently. Yeah, they have a different and I found that I learned, I learned a shit ton from the old folks, but I learned a shit ton from the new people. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here, here's the latest attack. I'm like, I, I've never done that. Teach me. And they're like, You've never done this, you know. I, I just learned it on the internet. I'm like, well, fucking teach me. Yeah, you know. And Send me your Google the currency of, of what do I know and what can I trade you for what you know. Uh, I, I hate the mentor mentee power dynamic. I love the peer, e- even new peers with old peers, right? Like, yes. teach me what you know, and I'll teach you what I know, and we'll go from there. Oh, so that, that's yeah. imposter syndrome. The, the biggest thing for imposter syndrome is look, it, are there better people than you? Yes, and they're doing work. Good. Can I bring value? Yes. You might not be as good. What if the person's hot shit? They bring 100% of everything. Cool. They can't fulfill the needs. So I hire another person. Even if they only bring in 60%, great. You know what? I've got three positions for people who can bring in 20 to 40%. I just need people doing work. And yeah. as long as you're doing work, uh, you know, you're, you're helping further the path. Uh, even it, just in the sense of learning and, and, and just applying. The, the idea is like, look, I, I don't need a special. I need somebody to put their hands against this boulder and push. And if you're pushing, then mm-hmm. you belong here. That, yes. that, that's simple. It, you know, and, and take breaks and rest and go to sleep as well, right? Um, you know, but, but that, that's kind of the thing of imposter syndrome. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I think that it's important for people to understand that it doesn't matter where you are now. As long as you have kind of that, that drive to learn more, you can totally do this job, right? Like I have this whole like thing about when I got into InfoSec, like literally I was a cop 
right? Like, I was a detective, and yeah, I did some kind of cool stuff, but, like, I, like I was just a cop, and I knew a little bit about digital forensics, and when I got into my first job in InfoSec, like, I was like, holy shit, because, and I think it's really important for people to understand that, like, drinking from a fire hose is something you're going to experience throughout your career every step of the way. Like, yep. you're going to start to feel comfortable, and then you're going to get to a point where, like, all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I don't know anything. And I think that, like, is when you accept that, like, that's just a good place to be in. But I think that it's important for people to know that it doesn't matter where you are now. as If you can find a foothold somewhere, yep. you can you can figure it out. And, and one of my most favorite tweets of all time was a kind of, it was, it was the middle of one of your threads. Oh no. I know it was, and it was my, that, shit, that shit's all stream of consciousness. So I don't remember what, but I you know what though? That's some of my favorite things is stream of consciousness. Like when people are just kind of like, like word vomiting and, yeah. and you, and you grab something and you go, fuck yes. I, I totally relate to this, but you had said something about, I don't even remember actually what you were doing. You had you had stolen like a mainframe or you had stolen I don't remember what you stole. You had stolen a piece of equipment and the server, I think. It was probably. a server, yes, yes. You had stolen a server and you were trying to hack into it. And the tweet was BRB while I duck duck go this shit. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. So I'll put up so a lot of people got like I think it was a domain controller. I had physically stolen a domain. Oh, I controller. think you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And, and and people are like, how did you do that? It wasn't a big deal. I just walked in and stole it. Literally, the, the mm -hmm. door was fucking open, and uh, and so I had it there. I had a physical hard drive, if you will, uh, uh, ray configure, but it, but it was there. And I've always <laughs> interacted with DCs with domain controllers through the network, sending network commands remotely. Right. I didn't know what to do with a fucking static drive, you know. Like, right. And so I like, holy on, shit! I, I have the actual. I have the actual like disc in my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's so. So I, I plugged it in, and uh, um, and it was not encrypted. So I was able to mount it. You know, the idea is like, why would you encrypt a DC? It, it, it's typically locked. You know, and things right. like that. You know, it's not. It's not like a laptops you need to encrypt because somebody takes them home. Right. But if, if I encrypt a server, well, if I have to restart it, someone has to go. You know, type it in. You know, the encryption or what? Who steals a server? Yeah, so I, I, I jacked that shit. Um, you jacked that. But, uh, uh, so the, I, I wanted to get the information off. So so a lot of times when I put up my threads, it's because I don't know what to do. And I'm, I'm trying to crowdsource knowledge, right. you know? Like, how do you guys hack this shit? I don't right. know what to do. Um, but but I, I kind of, you know, or as I'm figuring things out, I'll put up what I know just to, you know, share and share alike. And so, yeah, the, there's the book. I I'll get a lot of clients, you know, people say, how do, how do you hack? And that, that word doesn't make any sense. I don't know. You, you keep trying until something works or right. research until something works. Um, but, but, uh, I think the I, next question is, what are you trying to hack? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's all contextual. Right. And so I, you know, clients will say, Hey, how are you going to hack into my systems? And I go, well, I haven't even looked at it. So I can't possibly know. What their question actually is, is how are you going to approach that? They, they want to know that 
I have a methodology, right? And it's like, okay, well, here's here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna approach it like this. Here are the things I'm gonna try to do, and depending on what I find, here are examples of things I might do, right? But yes. being being a hacker is is being in a constant state of ignorance. You're not an engineer. You, yeah. You're not someone who can become an expert by studying enough, and then you have even, even IT engineers. Shit's changing so much that that their stuff they have to constantly learn. So, so it's not even like you're an architect where you know you're, you're studying the foundational knowledge of ancient Rome or something. You know, right. and, and and what you learn about design you carry over. This is I I even even with my experience, I'm inexperienced just with the sheer. You know, let's put it this way: What if I could dedicate with learning every every waking moment of my life i can dedicate to learning something new or doing something new let's make that like so many freaking knowledge points per second right you know and 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 give me a range uh, we'll call it 80 per second whatever this is complete arbitrary what if someone is really talented they can learn even more they can do a hundred percent you know uh somebody who has a life you know who who has a family that you know they're pushing out 40 per second or whatever um the amount of knowledge, and so we're looking at this ocean of knowledge. I'm trying to drink all this water and, and learn. If that ocean was static, I could maybe learn everything in a thousand lifetimes, <laughs> right? Right. You know, it, it's it's such a huge gulf, but but it's not static. New stuff is being added every single day at like quadruple ten, you know, mm-hmm. double quadruple ten times the amount that I can even learn. So the amount of knowledge is expanding far greater than I could possibly learn. You're never going to learn it all exactly. and that's kind of the th- key thing is, is a lot of people that get in new and they have that imposter syndrome and they're trying to learn and get caught up. there's nothing wrong with doing a little bit of push to get the foundational work but what ends up happening is like oh i need to constantly keep learning every waking moment just to get this level that they've preconceived of and they rush headlong into burnout because you can't maintain right. that level of fire hose you have to take breaks yeah. And I'm coming out of my like fourth or fifth burnout here, and I swear to God, I'm going to learn freaking how to <laughs> how to relax. And, and I don't say that flippantly. I, I exactly you know, uh, no. I, 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 the sickness of yep. American work culture yep. is bragging on on uh, uh, you know labor theft. The idea that oh, I don't sleep and I only make somebody else rich. It's great. Like no, that's yeah. not. Let's stop bragging about that. You know, let, let, let's actually take your time. But but that's kind of the thing. Is is uh, uh, learning everything that you can that's great but but you have to pace yourself and you'll never know everything so you end up learning enough to do a job or or, or, or to do you know what what you know a good hobby or something like that I'd and like, then you continue it out at, at a reasonable rate but can you back up for a second because i think sure. that it's really important that you mention you can't know everything you can't you and, can't and that's okay know. because like when i got into this i thought there's so much that I need to learn and I'm so far behind and I need to learn yeah. all the things. Like, and, and, and you'll never reach a, a, a level of satisfaction. You will exactly. never, you'll never be content. <laughs> and so, which is why you need to hashtag duck, duck, go this shit. Yeah, like that's yeah, the yeah. thing is so like, to, it's, it's to your point, I, I gave a I gave a thread on hey here's how I'm learning how to hack into a stolen domain controller and there was one point of you know for for a couple of the, the tweets was like okay so how do you do this here's how I how I do it and I, I gave a, a quick little how to with some links and then I got to a point I'm like I don't know how to do it I'm like literally I don't know how to do it I'll be right back I'm gonna go yeah. duck duck go or Google I'm this gonna go duck and I'm gonna go teach myself shit. you know <laughs> and I feel and, like <clears throat> I feel like if you've just 
<laughs> if you kind of zoom in on that statement, right? Mm -hmm. Like, stand by, I'm going to go duck, duck, go this shit while I figure it out, and then I'll be back. Like, I feel like that's so important for people to understand is that when you get into, the, like, oh my gosh, information security is as vast as the universe, right? Yeah. We, there's there's vulnerabilities out there that we don't know about. There is yeah, parts, it's constantly changing. Yeah. Every there there's a there's a star for every person, yep. and <laughs> we are just so vast, and everybody knows a little bit of a lot of things. And yep. unfortunately, I think that like we all seem to kind of meet that guy who knows a little bit about a lot of things and like makes you feel overwhelmed. Like I don't know all the things. So I, I like to be that person who knows a little bit of everything, but, but the thing is the flip side to that is so, so I, I don't just break into buildings. I don't just con people or social engineer. I, I hack as well. Network systems, right. web apps, you right, know, right, uh, right. industrial control systems. There. Cause I'd like that. I like to tinker with everything, you know, that, that's my handle. Tinker. Um, but, but I'm not the best at any one. Every time that I'm in a space of whatever I'm hacking, there's a multitude of people better than me. There are so many people that are much better at breaking in than me. You know, the Jason Streets, uh, the, the Snows. There are so yeah. many people that are better social engineers than me. You know, the Rachel Tobacks at uh, 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 all. There are so many better hackers than me. You know, the Mubixes, et cetera. And so... Uh, uh, I like to be able to do a little bit of everything. And that that's kind of my thing is, is, is I can do that. But th that's the flip side. Yeah, to, to one person, I might be able to know something that they don't know. But to any one person that's in my field, they know so much more than I do in that one element. There's, you know, and that, there's that, always going to be that person who knows yes. a little bit more. Yeah, and, 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 and that's kind of the thing is, is in approaching information security, I don't measure expertise by – current memorized knowledge of techniques right i anytime i go to hack i sure i have five things that i can try right off the bat and 80 percent of the time they work because i've learned those five things that work right um but very often more often than not i feel really, like we uh, need to come back and do a whole podcast on those five things yeah, we absolutely can. Uh, <laughs> I, I gave a talk called Breach for, for Pwn School that, that kind of go into a lot of those. Here's all my tricks. It's all I yes. know. Go have fun. Um, it, but, was uh, that on uh, YouTube? What, yeah, yeah, it's on YouTube. I, I thought I, I think I watched it because you know what? I think that came up and I was like, oh, it's on YouTube. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. see what Tinker looks like and hashtag for spoiler alert. Uh-huh. You don't get to see Tinker. There's a lot of pictures of me on the internet, and they're all wrong. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I have no um, idea what you look like, other than what I have been described to by other people. <laughs> and and we'll, I, I'd be interested to hear if those are actually consistent. That's the funny part. We'll discuss um, later. <laughs> so I, I like my avatar. My avatar is Tuco. I'm not good. I'm not bad. I'm just ugly. Mm. Um, Tuco from the good, the bad, and the ugly. Not pretty right, bad. Right. Right. Uh, so, so kind of the, the, kind of going into that, I, you know, you don't measure expertise in hacking by how many techniques, you know, right. Some people are going to memorize and know like lots of techniques and some people aren't, or you're just getting started with it. You measure expertise in hacking on how well you can approach systems you don't know about. Right. How, how, what is your methodology? How, 
how resourceful are you? What can you bring to bear? What, you, what can you draw? When you go to research a system to create a zero day, how do you approach it? When you go to hack into a corporation you never hacked into from the outside, how do you approach it? When you're going to con somebody that you've never met, how do you approach that? When you're going to go break into a building you've never seen, how do you approach that? That's the expertise. Yeah. And, and I've got my expertise is not what I know. My expertise is my comfort in not knowing. Yes. Gosh, that's so powerful. <clears throat> because you're never going to know it all. So when you get comfortable in being able to say, I don't know it, but I can figure out a way. <laughs> I'm the most ignorant person you've ever met, and I'm very, I'm, I'm used to my ignorance, and I'm, I'm used to being able to I'm calling bullshit on that, but okay. My ignorance, yeah. I, I, yeah. But no, I think that's really, so I have, I actually, you know, I threw, I threw kind of a, what does everybody want to hear from Tinkersec, um, tweet out earlier, mm -hmm. and you know, one of the, and like, we've kind of touched on a little bit of all the questions that people asked, but one person said, um, you know, what's your advice for learning and, you know, from a, from a noob or new person's perspective. And I think, God bless. I think that's like you, what you just said mm -hmm. about kind of understanding that I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know it. Yeah. Absolutely. And being comfortable and so, in that and under like being comfortable to know that I don't know it all, but I can figure it out or I exactly. can reach out to somebody. I can tweet it and, and maybe some, some people will respond. Like, I, I think that's, that's the, that's the thing is yeah. being comfortable enough to know it's okay that you don't know it all. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm having my own epiphany, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, absolutely. because seriously, like, you know, you expect that there's a point where you're going to become comfortable with everything yeah. and, you're and, and you're not because there's so many different softwares. There's so many different vulnerabilities. There's so many different hacks, quote unquote, where, and I, and I use that in the, like hacks in the broad sense of sure. we're just breaking shit, right? There's a lot of shit to break. So like, how can any one person know how to break all that shit? So sure. I think that's great. And I really, I honestly, it, it I, and I'm going to circle back around to my favorite tweet ever, which was, you know, BRB while I, while I duck that go this shit. Like, <laughs> I think that really kind of encompasses, you know, nobody's going to know it all. Yep. <laughs> However, the collective mind of us all, you know, because that actually says a lot of things in that, in, in those, you know, very few words, which is, I don't know it. Someone else knows it. I know how to find it and I'm going to figure it out. And, and if they don't know, because that, that, that there is an approach. This. So I'm all for theory. But theory is worthless without praxis. Yeah. So so let's give let's give if someone literally it is just starting you know boot noob kind of thing let, let let's get going, uh, uh, especially in information security as it relates to specific use cases. You know, mm -hmm. the the very first thing you do is has someone else figured it out? Go to Stack Exchange. You know, Google DuckDuckGo. Mm -hmm. Go on to 
Twitter, right? And if the answer's there, then do it and just move on. <laughs> you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You yes. don't need to. You don't need to program your own tools. If there's a tool Somebody that does help. it well enough, do it. The Somebody other, already but, chiseled that wheel out for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Then, then let's do it. You know, if you, if you need to tweak the wheel, tweak the wheel. But 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 yeah. use what's out there. But but you will come up uh, against things that you don't know, and, and no one else has done that specific flavor of it before right uh uh and then you're gonna have to come up with your own new things and you'll find this a lot too uh you know uh and so then it becomes a methodology of how do you find out that new things so pragmatically for a person who's a complete noob how do they get into infosec how do they learn this how do they approach it um learn the foundation of what's known first and they're like well what do i what i learn first the answer is literally, it does not matter. Literally, start learning something, get a good feel for it, and then move on to the next thing. What ends up happening is at first, they're, they're going to be disparate nodes of knowledge that have no concept. But as you learn new things, you're going to oh, that, that matches with this. Oh, this matches this. And you start building your own latest work, your own web work of, of contextual uh, uh, you know integrations, if you will, so that things start to really make sense. And they're not going to make sense at first until you start learning and then start doing. So well, the, let's the, give them... The found- can we give them something? Yes, right? absolutely. Like, so, so you mentioned earlier, like, networking. Yeah, so, so let's go through it. If you don't know anything at all about hacking or even about computers, what I recommend is first uh, – I'm going to give you a list. Wherever you start within this list, it does not matter. Start with what, what is interesting, feels comfortable. Yes. Learn a bit and then stop and move on to something else. So the first one is not is, is systems, the, the actual computer systems. Yes. You're going to have uh, Windows and you're going to have Linux. There's also Macs. If you want to do that, that's fine. But Windows is used everywhere uh, in corporate America, and Linux is, is uh, systems that you can control. You're going to need to know both. I so learn a Linux. little bit about Windows. Learn a little bit about Linux. Uh, learn uh, uh, just how they work. You know, just how do the file system work? How do you use the GUIs? How do you use the command line? You know, Windows uh, uh, yes. has the old command, uh, oh. cmd.exe. It has oh. new PowerShell. I hate it. And yeah, well, it's it's there, so you got to learn it, and it then is. they're moving on to new terminal stuff. You know, uh, Linux. You know, they have different types of terminals. Bash is a very uh, 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 common one. You know, which Linux system to learn? It doesn't matter. Just just pop up Ubuntu or Debian. Uh, typically, uh, the Linux ones like Kali is based off of Debian. So if you learn uh, Debian based systems, Ubuntu is a wonderful simple place to start. Elementary is good too. Uh, Mint is fine. It doesn't matter. That's the big thing. There's, there's. Everybody's like, "What's the best?" You know, you're talking about like you're, you're, you're going to a bodybuilder who needs to get like like lift another pound. Yes. Right now, we just need to get into the gym and just lift something up and down. That's that's it, better than nothing. Yes. So just learn some yes. system. So, so a little bit of Linux little bit of windows then networking basically learn the generic go get networking for dummies you know go learn yes. uh study for network plus right you know just learn how does tcp work with uh ip learn the osi seven layer yes. eight layer model mm-hmm. of of networking you know uh just get a feel for how computers talk to each other learn about the common ports how do you talk to those ports you know what 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 is a port you know um yeah. Uh, when you when you go to a website, you know what port is it talking to? Port eighty or four four three? Are there other ports that can talk to? So and so, just yes. get a feel for how computers talk to each other. How is it that a Windows computer can talk to a Linux computer? Yes. When, when, when the programs nominally don't run on them, with compiled programs don't run on a Linux computer uh, that's been built for a Windows computer, uh, how can they talk to each other? What, what, how does that even work? And just, just an- answer those questions. Okay, then you get into scripting. You know, how, how can I make a computer do what I want it to do? A good, common, basic scripting uh, uh, language is Python. 
There are others. You can learn Perl or Ruby or Go is, is good now, yeah. although I think Go is kind of compiled. Um, uh, uh, but Python's a good middle ground, and it can run on both Windows and, and Linux. Okay. Uh, you might learn Bash scripting if you want to do a little bit of, 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 uh, of Linux-specific or PowerShell scripting if you want to do a little bit of Windows-specific. Just, just get a feel for it. Yeah. Just go take a, a simple course. You don't have to be an expert in any of these. Uh, just get a feel for it. Then you're going to want to learn you know, basic uh, web applications. How, how do web applications work what we know javascript html css just get a feel for it go go to where you can right click view source and be able to at least say okay i know what i'm looking at you might not be able to read it really well but you know that hey this is the html part this is the javascript part this is kind of what i'm looking at right um beyond that you might start looking at once you get a good foundation of how computers work you don't have to be an expert don't have to be able to compile anything from source or, you know, you know, create something from scratch. Just get a feel for it. Uh, then you're going to start learning basic common attacks, uh, 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 you know, ways to attack a computer. Um, the United States, when we train people in foreign languages, we do it wrong. We train everybody with grammar. How do you conjugate a verb in Fritten Latin? N nobody cares. The way you really learn a language is you learn basic phrases. You don't even know what each individual word means. What's a phrase for, where's the restroom? What's a phrase for, uh, you know, taxi, take me to this place? Right. Uh, what's a phrase for police, I'm unarmed, don't shoot. You know, your, your, your normal kind of things that you need to know. Once you get a good deal of those phrases that you can use in, in a very pragmatic, immediate sense, then you can start saying, okay, well, maybe I want to talk to a person. So how, yeah. how do I say, this is my name, what's your name? How do I say hello? You know, uh, and you start learning more functional things. Finally, once you have a good foundation of the functional praxis, then you can start learning vocabulary and grammar so you can create right. your own sentences, right? right? Uh, so, so do the simple things first. Things in hacking, though, we have this weird thing where, like, well, we want to teach everybody how to build everything from the electron up, and then we can teach you hacking. No, fuck that noise. Learn script Love kitty it. shit. Embrace being a Learn it. someone else's tool. Love Learn it. that there is an attack. Learn how to press enter and run that attack. And what ends up happening is you go, okay, that, that, that did something or it didn't do something. You try a new script or whatever. You get a feel for what yes. attacks are out there. And when What's it doesn't you? do it, then you figure out why it didn't do yes. it and you learn more yes. about it. The, the, the level to hacking is through script kidding. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, like, yes. like just, just do it. And, and then it, the difference between a script kitty and a hacker is that curiosity of, well, this did work or didn't work. Why or why not? Why? And that's when you start figuring things out. You know? That's when you start yes. searching for known, uh, uh, for, for known ways of doing it. That's when you start looking at the code and figuring it out for yourself. But no, just get a basic sense of basic attacks. You know, what, what does a denial of service attack look like? Bring up Metasploit and, and you use MS 11, uh, 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 or sorry, MS seventeen ten. You know, learn learn how to uh, hit those freaking yeah. Windows seven boxes that have been unpatched, uh, and just get a feel for it. And then when you get a feel for it, learn the basic defenses. What does a firewall do? What is an intrusion detection system? What's a sim? Yes. You know, what yes. what what are ways to prevent this? You know, and just get a feel for everything. Once you've gotten a feel for everything, where you can have a conversation with the person. You know, go on to, to subreddit R NetSec. Go on to Twitter. Anytime that somebody mentions something you don't know, go Wikipedia dive that. Mm -hmm. Go look it up on dictionary. Just get a feel for it. Um, duck it, go that shit. What's up? Yeah, duck, duck, duck go, go that shit. shit. Just, just see what's out there. Somebody's referencing something and, and or, or ask them. A lot of people are going to be assholes. A lot of people are not going to be assholes. Just, just get a feel for it. Once you can yeah. start having that conversation, 
about a lot of different things. You start getting that foundational knowledge. You might not know how to do it, but you know it exists, you know. Uh, uh, that's when you can start doing a little bit deeper diving. So maybe you're interested more on the systems. Like maybe you're interested on creating websites and, and hacking websites and protecting websites. You know, maybe you're really interested in industrial control systems. You know, uh, that's where you can really start diving in and becoming, you know, more of a, of a finesse of it. But but if you don't know anything, just start learning a little bit about everything. Where do you start? It doesn't matter. I started with a with a Linux system. Well, I started with, with Windows and in my phone because that, that's what I had in front of me. Right. right? A, a lot of people got into hacking because they, they jailbroke their phone because it could. That's what what's what in front of them. What's what is right. in front of them? Um, if, they, if you have little money, you know, may, maybe you can get somebody's old laptop that they gave you, and it runs like shit with Windows, you know, uh, uh, eight on it or something, and uh, you're like, okay, well, fuck this. How can I install Linux? And just yes. learning how to install Linux. Yes. Is your first path into hacking? So I'd say if you don't if you don't know what to do, you don't know anything, get a hold of an old laptop. Yes. My very first laptop I bought, you know, on eBay for fifty dollars or something. Uh, but go find somewhere. There, there are places you get a free laptop. Beg, borrow, and plead. I steal, see. don't steal, but steal if you need to. <laughs> uh, get yourself a laptop and learn how to install Ubuntu Linux on it. Yes. And, and or you know what? Learn how to install elementary Linux or Mint. Pick one. If you don't know which one to pick. Pick, uh, fuck it, pick Mint. Just pick Mint Linux. Learn how to install that on your laptop. And if, if once you figure out how to do that, then you're on the road to be clean. Agreed. Uh, when I, <clears throat> I have like this old 2009, like yeah. Mac laptop. And I ended up like totally like bricking it and putting just like I loaded Ubuntu into, into yeah. it. And that fucking laptop works like gangbusters. Yes, absolutely. So I think that like if you if you have nothing else to do, just like figure that shit out. Like, so I, oh, I love it. Yeah, totally. I think that um, just figuring out like finding things and figuring out how they work like that's that's. Here, here's the fun thing. So for those of you that that don't know anything, you're starting from scratch. And your fir- your first task is to find a laptop and install Linux on it. Yes. Once you do that, now you have a lab machine. The next thing yes. you do is install VirtualBox and learn about virtual yes. machines. Uh, you, you can create you know vulnerable machines inside your laptop yes. that you can attack yes. with other vulnerable machines. Yes. And now you have your own internal lab, and you can create this world where you can yes. learn you can learn hacking inside of it. So no, absolutely. I totally agree with that, and and I would say even. For people, <clears throat> so I love VirtualBox, mm-hmm. and it's a very like warm, comforting blanket environment for me. Um, I realize I really recently rather um, had to like kind of stretch out and start learning more about VMware, and they're great. <laughs> I don't want to say anything negative, but I do love VirtualBox, and I think that it's such an easy environment to learn. Mm-hmm. And when you download those those vulnerable VMs, number one, like the vulnerable VMs that you're going to start with, don't worry about like how do I hack into it a hundred percent by myself, right? Yeah. Like there's so many walkthroughs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I do those walkthroughs, and like those walkthroughs just simply following this person step by step by step yep. teaches you a little bit right like yeah, you're yeah. learning it, you're learning you something every step yeah. even the, if it's those... just how to end map 
I yeah. want flags to, to grab. And I think that it's important just like, don't even worry that you're not getting all those flags. Like, you know, quote unquote yourself, like just do it and follow yep. somebody through it. Yeah. Yeah. I you're you're going to get to a point where walkthroughs are perfect. Do them. Uh, because they do expose you to methodology and to tools. Uh, you're going to get to the point where the walkthrough, the thing with walkthroughs, they, they only work for that one system. Very rarely will they work for another system, right. much less an actual corporate business system, right? But you're going to get to the point where, okay, I've done enough walkthroughs. Let me try some of these things that I've learned on my own. You know, uh, yeah. uh, Hacker Hacker Handbook, uh, I think it's out on its third edition right now. It is like that. It gives a lot of yes. tools. And here's how you can apply them. Just try each Love. of those and, and see how they work. Yep. Yeah. But that's the big thing is, is – is do a little bit of study, but the biggest thing, like anything in life, is you have to do. How do you do? Well, we, we've we've got capture the flags out there online as well, uh, uh, over the wire or is it under the wire? Um, uh, 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 hack the uh, box. There's yeah, a, hack a, the box. You can go to your local B sides. They'll have CTFs if you can. Right, uh, Dallas Hacker Association has a CTF every month. It's free. You just show up and plug in and, and go. And so it's the doing that that starts getting you building up real experience. I'm really so, glad that you brought that up because I actually had that as a as a um, flag for for me to bring up, which yeah. is CTFs. And yeah. you had <clears throat> there was like a tweet thread. I don't know if you started or someone else did, but it talked about CTFs. And I think what I took away from that was that you were like, just do it. And I think you mentioned like your first CTF, like you spent the entire CTF learning how to end map. Yeah. Right. And like, I think that's super important for people who are like, Oh, well I already know how to end map. Like then you're good. Right. Like, yeah, like the, do it, get in there, find some dude who's like, Oh, you're the whiskey girl. Sit yeah. down with them <laughs> and be like, all right, I'm ready to do. Because like, I think people think that there's like some kind of prerequisite yes, to, yeah, to start yeah. that. And there isn't. So there, I mean, I'm, I'm certain there. So CTFs are capture the flags. They're basically somebody set up a, an environment of computers that you can hack into. And if you hack into a website, you might get what's called a flag, a, a, a string that shows, hey, it's proof that you hacked into. Right. You can put that up on a scoreboard. You get so many points for it, right, or whatever. And there's different ways of doing it. Right. Uh, and, and, and I'm certain that some CTFs might be, just like anything, might be closed off. You have to go through prerequisites to get to or whatever. I'm not worried about that. Uh, you know, a lot of people see any CTF almost as like the Super Bowl, and you have to be an expert to right. even begin to play it. I mean, right. it no. Uh, uh, approach, if, if it's a free to enter and there's no prerequisites, they go up completely ignorant. And they're going to the tell you how to start. Yeah, yeah. They're going to give you a little hint of, hey, hey, you know, do it. Or, or even if they don't, you know, you have your phone there that's going to say, hey, <laughs> how to CTF, right? Right. Um, the, the thing is, you. Don't look at a CTF. What if you go in there and you don't find any flags? Neat. What if you go in there and you don't know how to do anything? Uh, neat. Everybody yeah. else is, is there just focusing on their own CTF or their own team. They're, they're not even – Nobody's even there. looking at you. Like, you, you. You can't make an ass out of yourself because nobody cares about that. They're trying to find their own flags. <laughs> so this sounds harsh, but nobody cares if you're an asshole. It's so true <laughs> just, though, and just, I don't think it is harsh. I actually think it's comforting. Like yeah, when people say to me, nobody can't. gives a shit about you. Just they, they do don't. you. The only way to fail is to not try. Exactly. If you're attempting it, there is no possible way to fail because there is no fail state. Yes. Uh, you might not win, yes. but okay, so don't That's make that fair. your goal then. 
right. make a goal to you know try something new. The the very first time I did a CTF was, was at B sides DFW, and I had a Linux box. I had learned how to install Linux, mm-hmm. and and that was it. And I went and plugged in. And I was like, what now? There's, there's a person right next to me. And they're like, oh, hey, bro, is this your first time? And, and again, you might have assholes. Just ignore the assholes and move on. Uh, and they're like, well, you know, look at this IP address. I'm like, I don't know what IP address is. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but but I, learned how, I, I learned how to install InMap. And my biggest thing was was running an InMap scan. And I, don't, I hadn't even done really much in the command line before. And so I'm here in the GUI. And, you know, I probably should have run ZenMap, to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. which, is a, right. which is a GUI program. But I was here in the command line because they were in the command line. Right. And, and basically, don't think of CTS as a competitive environment. They can be. Right. And for the people that go to win, let them play their games and win. That That's fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with them. They will not yeah. take up your space. You're not going to take up their space. Just, right. just go about your day. Don't, don't see CTS as a competitive environment. See CTS as a playground. Absolutely. See, see CTS as like a downtown it's where a, you've got, you know, a lot of restaurants. And it doesn't matter which restaurant you go into. Just just try one and get a burger. Yes. You know? <laughs> like just, it doesn't matter. And so CTFs are a way that you can dick around, just play around and have a good time or get frustrated yeah. or, you know, not solve a problem, but Hey, you're, 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 you're flexing and you're, you're, you're learning growing and you're just trying. No, now if a CTF is available and you want to learn how to hack, take it. And, and again, there's, there, you can't fail. You might not succeed in hacking something, but that's not failure. That's just not succeeding in getting that flag. Agreed. Failure is just not going. If you're sitting here messing around with it and trying to interact with it, you're going to have a good time. You're going to yeah. have fun. I so agree with you. And honestly, my first CTF, I had already seen that tweet where you said, like, just kind of do it, like start. And it is very, you know, for those people who are like, well, I don't know, like, I'm kind of new and I don't know. Like, just do it. Like, just show up. Because honestly, it's a room full of people with their computers in front of them. Nobody gives a shit about you. Like, and and, like you said, like, maybe that's harsh. But like, for me, that's comforting. Nobody gives a fuck what you're doing. Like, you're just another person, right? And they're going to give you an IP and they're going to give you some directions. Like, you're going to get what you need to start. Start. and maybe you'll get stuck at the very beginning then like duck duck go that shit yeah, and figure it out like ask a person the the you know the there's only a couple types of people that go to, to CTS so far as, as, you know, some might be like, oh, I'm amazing, leave me alone. Cool, ignore them. Everybody else thinks they're a dick, too. Right, right. <laughs> right? Uh, some people are like, I- I'm sorry, I can't help you, uh, you know, focusing on that. Cool, just, just leave them be and let, let them play the games. Some people are going to be really, really happy to help you. Oh, yeah, absolutely, try this. The bulk majority of people are going to be like, I don't know how to do this either uh you want to team up <laughs> we can try to figure right? it out together let's suck right? go that shit together yeah well, let's just do it together now you have a team of everybody that's ignorant as you as well you know call yourself the ignorant hackers let that be your, your oh my god uh, let that be your team name that's the best that's the best you know, team name ever do it do it you know it you can be a skilled hacker and unskilled hacker. You're, you're a hacker if you're just trying to figure it out, right? Like, let's have yes. a low bar here. Let's just make it easy. And yeah, be just, real. just try yeah. it. And, and the big people are going out to B sides because they, they want to meet people or they want to see these things. Just, just and honestly, I think that people in this community. Sir, you should be in bed. Well, mine says. Well, well. 
<laughs> Don't give me that look right now. Oh my gosh, this is Do you the have a flashlight? Ever. I see that flashlight. <laughs> are you exploring? Is, is that? Is that? Are you? Are you shining away monsters on that? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I'm busy right now. I'll talk to you in a bit. Okay. okay. All right. Okay, fine. I'll go to bed. Okay, fine. You go to bed. I love you. I'll see you in a bit. I apologize for that. Do not even apologize. That was absolutely the cutest thing that could have happened ever. I thought I had locked the, the phone or the, the door. Uh, it's better if I, if I had locked the door, he would have been like pounding on it. Was that the four year old? Uh, uh, yes, that, that's my youngest. Oh my god, that was the cutest thing. Thank you so much. Tomorrow, I'm gonna Venmo. I'm gonna Venmo him some money for some cookies. We're like, no, no, like no. that one needs some ice cream, and that was that was cute as hell. One of my favorite, like, YouTube videos of all time is the guy who was doing an interview on BBC yes. America. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and the kid, she, she like, wanders like in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, and my favorite is, like, the second one who comes in. Like, the kid, for people who haven't seen it, oh, my God, you need to, you need to Google it. But, like, the little baby comes in in the walker. It's almost like it was stage. And the next you get the little the little girl who's coming in, like, dancing. Like, uh-huh. I'm coming into Daddy's office. And then the mom who comes sliding in, like, holy yeah. shit. And, like, pulls the kids out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's great. That, no, that, that was life the, happens. You know, that was I, the best thing ever. I, you know, I'll see some of some of the most amazing experts uh, uh, in the field, and, and they either have time or they've made time to, to really dive into it. And and a big priority in my life is is my family and, and my sons. I love uh, it. And and because of that, I'm just not going to be as good of a hacker as someone who who is able or or desires to to dedicate more time into that. And that's mm-hmm. fine. There, there's there's no right way to to do it, no wrong way to do it, what have you. I'm going to say though that like what is what what is the definition of quote a good hacker? Yeah, just And and I think that you know, I think god, it's so funny. This is a really great thing. I think work life balance is something that needs to be mm-hmm. like addressed and people need to be like my family is important and it's yep. important for me to take a moment and tell my four year old, like, I see that you're hunting monsters and, mm-hmm. and, and that's just, it's important. So yeah, you, mm. you just live life. We just live life the best we can. And we should, like, I think that people need to know that, yeah, we can be like these crazy elite hacks or hackers. And, but you know what, if you have a family and you have people that love you and, and depend on you, then that that always needs to be number one. Yep. Anyways, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pivot, even though that was so, that so hit my heart. So um, <laughs> tomorrow, give your four year old a big huge hug from me. I'll do that. <clears throat> and um, and maybe some ice cream or something. Yes. I so okay. Serve. So I have a really like interesting question that I want to throw at you. We're at like two hours in and at any point you want to like go like cut this off, you let me know. I will probably, he was supposed to have been in bed uh, about an hour ago. And the fact that he's up probably means that I do need to go and and take care of him. Uh, But I I, I can answer uh, another question. Okay. Let's do one more. Cause I think this is a really cool question it comes from my co-host Rogue, who is okay. at Rogue System. Um, 
I like I mentioned earlier, I don't know if it was in the recorded or non-recorded portion <laughs> of the podcast, but I totally bogarted you. So I have um, two co-hosts with InfoSec Whiskey, and um, I decided that this one was going to be just you and I. But um, so his one of his questions was, and I love this, which is, what is the um, strongest improvised tool that you've ever used to perform a penetration test? The strongest? Uh, like... Or I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not strongest. It's strang- strangest. Strangest. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> Is this on Twitter? Should I read it myself? <laughs> it's uh, no, it's not on Twitter. Actually, this. this... Yeah, how much? How much whiskey have you drank in shut this up, late hour? Shut up! Don't ask me. It's 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 been a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so say the question one more time. So, what is the strangest improvised tool? that you have ever used to perform a pen test? Oh, boy. Uh, does he have a specific type of pen test, like, like network-based, web app, social engineering, I think, physical? I think, that, I think the point is, what is the weirdest tool that you've improvised? Oh, my God. Um, I don't know, because a lot of times you just you just kind of need to go and do it. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't know if it's the strangest, but it's definitely been the most efficient. Um uh, first time I ever did this, I, I, I came across a, um, a, uh, it was a physical pinta, so I had a break in, right? Yeah. And it was a shared, uh, office complex, so I could get into the building because everybody could get into the building. Um, and I could get up to, uh, uh I could get up to like the floor I needed to go to, uh, and it was after hours, right? Oh, hold on one second, I'm getting attacked right now. <laughs> I'm going to ignore this and see if it goes away. Chances I love are it. I love it. Children like, uh, hold on one second. And while Tinker is, hey, is doing hey, his thing. Why is everybody's up? Hey, I'm still, I'm still on this. Will you go take your brother and take care of him real quick? And I'll be out in a bit, okay? Daddy. Yes, sir. How much, how much more seconds till morning? How much more seconds until morning? Mm-hmm. How many seconds are in a minute? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. I forgot. 60 seconds. How many minutes in an hour? Yeah, you did. 60. So it's 100, or let's see, 60 times 60. It's 360 seconds, right? Okay, I think that's right. No, 3,600 seconds. There you go. All right, now multiply that by, it is about 10 o'clock right now. Sunrise is about 6.30. So call that. Two and eight, eight hours and thirty. Multiply that by three thousand six hundred. What? What if I stay up for the whole night? <laughs> you stay up for the whole night. Yeah, what? You'd be How really tired tomorrow. Be? How about you start counting right now, and I'll be right out. Okay. Can I stay right out here? You can stay right out there. I apologize. I I'm really didn't to go. I love it. So to, to, to wrap it up, though, uh, the, the strangest one. So I was inside of a shared office complex, and I had two doors. You know, it's kind of the glass doors that go into the, the, the individual office ones, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I could see on the other side, you know, it was locked, right? And there's a badge access to get in. And I could see on the other side that there was a little motion detector, detector uh, right 
So the idea is, is the doors are locked, but as people from the inside are walking out, the motion detector would see them coming and unlock the door so they could open it, right? Right. Um, well, I, I, I'm like, okay, well, there's nobody in there, and so I, I can't, I'm not going to wait for somebody to come out. I'm not going to try to tailgate in. Um, and uh, uh, I was like, well, you know, I need, there's got to be a way to freaking trigger that. And there was enough of a space. There's almost like a centimeter or two space in, in the glass double doors that I could, like, put something inside of it. Now, th- there's a lot of different ways to do this. Um, uh, uh, you could take a, a spray can and hold it upside down, and that, like, puts out a cloud of, yes. of cold, you know, smoke, if you will. Uh, I've seen people trigger that. Um, I, I've actually, uh, oftentimes nowadays, I'll bring a long piece of cardboard and stick it through, like just push it through <laughs> and then wave that thing up and down and that would trigger it, you know, and open the door. Uh, but I didn't have any of those things. I was just kind of there, you know, just just, just looking at it and uh, brought out, I, I had a backpack, you know, just with paper in it, right? You know, I had, had you know, pen and paper and maybe some lockpicks where there's nothing to pick here. Um, and I took out a piece of paper and made it a paper airplane and, and then folded the wings down of the airplane to slide it through the glass door and then while it was kind of you know the, the wings are trying to open up you know uh, uh uh and as i'm sliding through i then pop it you know i kind of like pop it uh uh, uh slap it to where it goes through the other side and when it goes through the other side the wings open up and it flies ah! you know on the other side it works and when it opens when it opened up and flew, that triggered the motion uh, detector and it unlocked the door. Oh my God, I love it. It's probably the strangest one. So I'm going to take a quick second. <clears throat> you and I talked about my godfather earlier. Well, yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. And so I, we, you were talking, we didn't actually get to that. But um, <laughs> so my godfather did a bunch of kind of clandestine missions for the, the government and Sure. So he was involved in a um in the first Iran rescue mission, unfortunately, that was failed, but back in the eighties. Yeah. So I told you he was a rocket scientist. He actually mm-hmm. built a um model airplane. Sure. Loaded that bitch with C four. Oh no. And ran it into their um their tower to knock down the um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their radar, maybe? Their radar. Yeah. Back in the 80s. Mm. So that's so funny. Oh, my gosh. You're so cool. So so you're saying that he, he made a drone. He, yeah, yeah, back before drones were cool. Yeah. 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 It's not funny. Hey, adapt and overcome. Adapt Provise. and overcome. Oh, my gosh. So, Tinker, I know that you have things that you need to get to, and I am so, so thankful that you have agreed and, and took the time to be on our podcast, not once, but twice. I did core out, for, for those who think that, that I don't know how to do time management and take care of my family, I, I did core out an hour, yeah. uh, and, and we did that hour, and it was an amazing it hour. It was an amazing hour. Uh, uh, but but we, we didn't record it, so so then we, we went to record it again, and, and I think we've been going for, I don't know, hour, hour and a half, two hours. Oh, no, we're at two hours and 16 minutes. Okay, well, there you go. So, so, so yeah. uh, I've, I've, I've moved was, past the, the obligation. Yes. So. <laughs> no, you went way past the obligation. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I thank you kindly for, for letting me come on the podcast with you. So, you know, like I have a ton more questions and I, and, and I would like to like request that we can do maybe a, a, a Tinker reboot 
where we do another podcast where I get to ask you more questions. I'd absolutely look forward to that. If you like, take that RV with all of your friends. Come down here to Dallas. Meet me at Dallas Hackers yes. Association. Do and, it in uh, person. We'll get, some, we'll get some drinks there, and, and I'll tell you the good stuff. I'm, I'm totally down for that. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you for everybody who has joined us for this amazing two hours and it's some change with Tinker. And um, if you guys have any questions, post them and, and we'll try and get them in the next conversation that we get to have with Tinker. And just thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. Thank you so much, Tinker, for being a part of this. Thank you for having me. You have a good night.